The time has come for yet another winner's corner. That's right. We are breaking down the results of our latest episode, episode 87. Uh, we spent some time in the 1980s breaking down our favorite music from that decade with uh, our pals Stu and Kristen. So what are our results, Damon? Yes, the results are as follows. In fourth place, with four votes, Kyle. With nine votes for third, we have Stu. And then in second, we have Kristen with 31. And Damon takes another W, his fourth in recent weeks, for 50 votes. 50. Damn. I, I was surprised. I'm not going to lie. Um, but Kristen, you're welcome. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Planet Fantasy Podcast, and we're your hosts, Damon and Kyle. Kyle, how's it going? It's going, man. Like you said earlier before we started recording, it's been a just great day of football. I mean, honestly, I'm living for it. How are you? Same. I just, I've pretty much been watching football nonstop this weekend. I was going to try to watch all of Ozark, and then football was like, nope. Not happening. So I was like, okay, I'm okay with these amazing games as the uh, Chiefs just score again. So, yes. Fuck you, Bills. You're also joined by uh, two guests, our good buddy Michael. How's it going, man? Good, good. It's good to see everybody's facial hair so glorious on this uh, on this chat. That's right. This is a full facial hair podcast. Yes, I love indeed. it. <laughs> and also our, our friend Chaitanya. How's it going, man? Pretty good, guys. Good to be awesome. back. Yeah, yes. We, uh, last time you were here was a bit traumatic, so it's good to have you for a, a low stress episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be a relief. Now hold on a second. Last time I was here, I was getting dog cussed up and down uh, for picking the wrong person in a damn Quidditch draft. So Chitani, you, you clearly won that for. draft, though. Like you came out <laughs> victorious. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, listen, I, I went a little obscure. I'll probably go a little obscure today. That's 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 my mo. That's what we expect at this point. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Um, before we get started, I since we have a fun topic today, I want to look back real quick, okay? Uh, Chitanya, what was the best thing you watched from 2021? Hmm. Ooh, interesting. Just off the top of your head, I mean. The, the first thing that comes to mind, I caught up on Shit's Creek finally, so that was a good part of 2021 and the latest season of sex education was incredible yes so good so good um michael what was the best thing you watched last year my my the first thing that came to mind was tragedy of macbeth but i didn't watch it until 2022 <laughs> even though it came out in 2021 <laughs> that's fair so if that's allowed that was um i i didn't think i could be that impressed by something you know, everything has its flaws but that was that was amazing if i had if that doesn't count um i was i was bowled over by station 11 i'm someone that's read that's read the book multiple times my i gave it to my oldest son and he read it 
Um, there's a lot of digressions from the books, but it's it is the best possible. It is Game of Thrones season six. Like we got here, um, oh, wow. level of of adaptation of a of an existing product. So both of those are are very high on my list. That's good to I, hear because I literally just started the book, like bef- like before we started recording. So it's, I'm excited. It is, yeah, a mutual friend of ours re- recommended it to me actually last year. Yeah. Um, and that's and it's as good as anything I've read in the last five years. I love it. I've only heard amazing things about that show. Um, Kyle, Midnight Mass. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's boring because <laughs> we've talked about the show like five times on this podcast. But I mean, nothing. I still think about Midnight Mass probably daily. I mean, that show just. I'm probably going to rewatch it soon, but it's one of those things where I don't need to. Like, I, it just already left such a big impression on me. Um, but yeah, to change things up, there was a lot of really good movies. Uh, I think I'm still thinking about Pig, which is, again, boring because I talk about it a lot in the podcast. But it was Nicolas Cage at maybe his best, and it was just such a good movie. All right. Um, as far as newer stuff I saw last year for the first time, I was able to catch up and watch the first two seasons of Warrior which was just some of the best fight choreo I've seen. It was so attentive and such a fun story, addicting. Um, And then the best movie I watched was Whiplash. Thanks to my boy Kyle for repping that movie hard. Uh, I watched it pretty early, and it ended up being the best movie I watched all last year. And I watched a lot of movies. But just that, that climax, I think, is maybe the best climax of a movie i've ever watched it was just had me literally like just my whole body was just like completely tense the entire time um (laughs) yeah so that movie was great but now we're looking we're gonna look forward kyle what are we drafting today yeah that's right we are uh still in the beginning of the year wrapping up january we are looking ahead to 2022 and basically the things products whatever the things we're most excited for in 2022 this is the the hype draft so we each get four picks, and we're going to go with, like, literally anything. Like, it doesn't even have to have a release date as long as we know it's coming out in 2022. It could be a TV show, a movie, a podcast, a fucking cigar brand. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> anything is on the table. We get four picks. So, yeah. Do we have any clarifications or questions about the draft before we jump into our list game? This this year's loaded is all I want to say yeah. before we start. There's a lot of good stuff coming out. Yeah, that would be my only question is just does each of us get like three minutes to vamp on like the the kind of honorable mentions after we draft this? Because there's a lot yes. of stuff that's going to get. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I legit I, I prepared for this as if I got like four TV, four movie, four other. So <laughs> got a lot of stuff I'm super excited for. I love it. I love it. Uh, my only question is, are y'all ready to lose? Wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Where's Here my we go. flask? Where's my flask? <laughs> Break that drink out. All right. What's that draw, list game, Kyle? I'm going to draw a card from my handy dandy deck of cards. Let's see. Our list game today is... We did this with that, and I'm not doing it again. Movies where it snows. Fuck that. Uh, let's see. I'm also just tired of seeing snow. Um, all right. List game is movies set in the future. This is fun because we've now caught up to a lot of like sci-fi movies. Soylent okay. Green, baby. Soylent Green is this year. Uh, so that doesn't but, count, uh, right? It has to be yeah, past 2022. Okay. I would say it has to be 2023 and beyond. Okay. So start with Chaitanya, then Michael, then Damon, and then myself. I'm going to start with Tenet. 
Blade Runner. That's 2019. Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> Good recovery. Is it really 19? Wow, I, I guess you're right. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Man. Yeah, there's I know. so many. And I'm, I'm like, already... wait, which one? But which ones are after now? Because <laughs> so many we've called up to now. Yeah, I'm gonna have, have to fact check because I don't. Um. Dang. There's um. Oh, um, Dread has to be, right? Dread setting year. Because I just don't know off the top of my head. I think you're right, so I, I think it is. No, it is. You're good. 40s. It's Yeah, it's somewhere in the 40s. Um, okay, let's see. I want to say Total Recall. Let's see. Now, that one came out in the 80s, so that could be, like, we could have already passed that at, the, at this point. Let's check. Okay, that's 2084, so I'm good. Okay, that that's way far. Um, let's go with the guaranteed one and go with Dune. Dang it, I was just thinking that one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Children of Men. Hmm. I think it's 2030. We are like not far off from that. Yeah, it's, in, in a lot of <laughs> and ways. That's the most like likely one. <laughs> that's the scary part. <laughs> it really is. I'm just like thinking of that chart that they always show and like which ones have we not gotten to yet. Oh, um, equilibrium. Oh, that's nice. a good one. It's a good one. I mean, I'll check to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that one's pretty far. Ahead. Um, is it good? Oh, I, I mean, I'm. I'll take your word for it. I, I don't think uh, we're at an equally. He, he's yet. checking the fact that Buffalo just scored. It's not a two-point game. <laughs> fuck. Oh, fuck. Uh, 2072. Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, let's say on a wild guess, RoboCop. We at RoboCop yet? I want RoboCop. my RoboCop. 2028. Wow. Ooh, we're close. That's close. That's good. Six years. That's good. <laughs> All right. We could have that. Idea. We could have a RoboCop in six years. <laughs> uh, sadly, fantastic. yes. Isn't it great? It's <laughs> <laughs> <This is> fantastic. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go nitpicky and. Um, in the MCU, I'm going to go with Avengers Endgame. Yeah, that's 2023. Yeah. 23. Nice. That that is wow. Well played, sir. The well skin. played. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Terminator Salvation. Mm, the true. angry Christian Bale one set entirely in the future. Yep. The other angry Christian Christian Bale one set entirely. <laughs> yeah. In the future. Well, well, Equilibrium. He's not angry. Equilibrium. He's like. Mm. That's true. He's a little cooler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just kind of like the the silent protagonist. Right. Um. Aeon Flux? Mm. That's like 31st century. You're good. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Um, let's go Star Trek the motion picture. I'm going to go with Ready Player One. Mm. Good one. Uh, I'll go Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. I need to give that movie another watch. Just That's good. To- 
It's a fun movie. Fifth Element. Good one. Damon's Fifth Element is calling him home right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, one of my favorite horror movies, and I know what I'm saying when I say this, Jason X. I don't know if I would have admitted that. I'll admit it freely, man. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> um, I'll go with Alita Battle Angel. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. I enjoyed that. I did too. That's technically not in the future. There's so many like weird multiverse movies now that I'm like, that's not in the future. It's like it's like in the present, but... it's just a different um, world. Yeah. Five, four, Star three. Trek Two: Wrathcon. Hmm. Planet of the Apes, the original. Oh, that's oh nice. yeah. Well done. Well done, sir. Five. That's for you, Kyle. That's yours. Oh, that's me. (laughs) Four. Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. There we go. There we go. Um, I'm gonna go with Prometheus. Let's go on. Michael. I was going to go alien, so I'm just going to keep it rolling. All right. Um... Ultraviolet. Hey, what's the future, wasn't it? I want to see which year that is with it. Kyle, you're up. Um... Late 21st century, by the way. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say Days of Future Past, but that's like a quarter of that movie. Most of it's the 70s. That's what I thought of like three movies like that, and I was like, it's not technically mm-hmm. in the future. It's like... Okay, like but summer. in that in that universe, Logan. Because Logan is all in the future. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That works. Chitanya. I'm going to go with... Her, a Joaquin Phoenix. Nice. That's a good one. I love that movie. That's a good one. Michael? I'm going to go with The Island. All right. Nice. I'm going to go Ex Machina. Uh, Let's see. Let's get all these weird sci-fi ones out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Annihilation. There we go. Is that? that, Yeah, I guess it's technically. I think so. Actually, I might be off. I mean, maybe by year. Let's actually see. I don't even know if they ever like determine Saturday? when it is set. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think it's, uh, yeah. I, I don't. I'm not getting any. Okay. Okay. Idea. Um. All right. Let's see. Uh, Star Trek Four. Uh, the end. The voyage. The undersc- The voyage home. The voyage home. <laughs> right? 
Is that what that one's called? Three, Search for Spock. Four, four is, is the Voyage Home. Home. It's because they go back in time. Yeah, six yep. is on. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep. And that's with the Space Wells, right? Hell yeah. Yep. Double dumbass on you, sir. Uh, <laughs> it goes to Chai <laughs> I'm going to go with Minority Report. That's a, uh, that's a, good, a good one. Great movie. Michael. I'm going to go I Am Legend. Nice. Brutal movie. I, Robot. Nice. All right. Let me just try and think of another. There's got to be another. Oh, Will Smith. Like, uh, After Earth. Just deep <laughs> in the, 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 like, Asimov, Will Smith, like, uh, double helix here. Hit you, Tanya. <laughs> Let's go with Edge of Tomorrow. Nice. That's a good one. I'll go Oblivion then. Any more Tom Cruise future? <laughs> I mean, like, like technically, is Top Gun Maverick? When is Top Gun Maverick set? Because it hasn't come out in two solid years. I don't know. I don't point. think that movie exists. It doesn't actually. It's, it's not just never coming out at this point. They only actually made enough for the trailer, and they're like, "Crap! They quit. They we ran out of money." All we can do is show the trailer. So this is what we do, guys. We show the trailer. And show the trailer. Around. We built our movie around noted anti-vaxxer Miles Teller. Oh, <laughs> damn it. They didn't. Oh. I was vaxxing when they made the movie. <laughs> oh, well, there was. It's the future. It's the, it's the future. <laughs> he couldn't have been it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much out. I can't think of anything. I got too stuck on Tom Cruise. Five. Uh, last chance. Four. So did we all. Three. Two, one. Oh, nice! That a, the Schwarzenegger one. Good pull. When it was no, that. hold on, no, no. I think I'm thinking of the sixth, the other uh, one where he's the, uh, the copy, the clone. Sixth, sixth day. It's the sixth day. The sixth day. Yeah. End of, End of days, days though, is probably normal time. Yeah, I think I think that's okay. in present day. Yeah. So I'm out. I'm. I'll take it. End of Days is fucking incredible, though. It's when he it's, it's actually really good. asks the devil if he wants to fuck with them. It's just incredible stuff. Um, let's see. No. Five. Four. Three. Two. No. One. No. Uh, all right, Tanya and Michael left. I feel like Passengers was in the future. With... I feel like it would have to be, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with Passengers. Uh, I'm going to go Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm going to go Spider-Man No Way Home. Nice. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go Aliens. Good one. There's a lot, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Yeah, when you, look at the, when you look at the internet, yeah, it's the dollars. <laughs> There's so many. I have like three left, and, I, and I'm just going <laughs> to... Uh, five. Four. Three. I got nothing. Two. One. All right, Michael, so you just need one more to clinch it. Lockout. 
the Lockout. Guy Pierce uh, Space Jail movie. Yeah. yeah. All right. Nice. Michael <laughs> takes the W for the list game, meaning All right. everyone's fate is in your hands. <laughs> What's the draft order? Okay, so I'm going to go fourth. Okay. I'm going to have the love of my life, Kyle, go first. <laughs> I'm going to have Tanya go second and Damon go third. You wound me, sir, but I'll I'll take it. <laughs> I, I I know you gave it to me because you know I can still do amazing in third. So the, the, the heart wants exactly what the heart right. wants, but I kind of need to like handicap you a little bit. You know, you can't you can't get the turn. You do too well on the turn. He does. He's sneaky like that. I, I love mm-hmm. the turn. Um, I'm in, I'm in a, a keeper fantasy draft right now, and I have the first pick, and I'm loving the turn. <laughs> I'm absolutely loving the turn. All right. So what's awesome about this one is that there are a lot. So I feel like no matter what, we're going to have a nice deep board. But what is the number one pick? Kyle, you start us off. What we got? All right. Well, this is something we have known is happening for a long time now. A lot of speculation about what it's going to be about. Uh, We just now got like an actual title. Still don't have really any footage. I got to go with Amazon Prime's Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, it's dropping September 2nd. Um, alluded to it earlier, and now I get to make the joke. Uh, not a big fan of the Bezos pick. <laughs> <laughs> just like that almost... I had my draft board ready today, and I saw that picture, and I was like, well, fuck. Now I just don't want to draft it out of spite, but... I still, have, I mean, I have to. It's one of the rings. Like, I know friend of the pod Anna would fucking kill me if I didn't, if I didn't draft this. But, um, yeah, I am just so intrigued by this. I will fully admit to, like, I've read, read the Lord of the Rings books, and I think I've attempted parts of the Silmarillion. But like, it's really fun having this IP that I feel like I know really well, but having no clue what to expect with this series. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, I know it's set in this universe that i love and i know we may get some familiar faces i know we're getting hot sauron um and so like that's kind of all i need uh and and the cast is really impressive so far i'm just yeah and i feel like amazon is a really great place for it too because we've seen with like you know the boys and wheel of time and like their big shows even if you want to like debate the quality of those shows they look really good like they're they're done with a very like hbo level quality so lord of the rings deserves that like i feel like if they were you know on like no shots on netflix but if they were on netflix or hulu like i don't think it would work as well and so it being on prime or hbo was like the only way they could have gone with it um yeah and i'm just i'm so excited i just really i don't know what if we're gonna get like a multi-season show or if this is a mini series and Maybe this means more movies. Like, I'm very curious because it's just it's been a long time since we as a fan base have lived with current Lord of the Rings content. Like, we all kind of just pretended the Hobbit movies didn't happen. So, like, since 2003, we've all just kind of rode the high of those movies and, like, enjoyed them and talked about them. And so it's really exciting to have a current Tolkien universe uh, thing that's happening. I just that's wild. So I got to draft that first. I love it. Starting strong. One of the, the grandfather of IPs, possibly. Like, <laughs> uh, definitely fantasy. Chitanya, your thoughts on the rings of power? It's interesting. Um, I've always had kind of a love-hate relationship with prequels. I love Lord of the Rings. I 
enjoyed The Hobbit, even though that may be sacrilege to a lot of <laughs> fans of the properties. But um, I think that everything that I've heard about The Rings of Power, including the title announcement last week, has made me, it's nothing has made me feel worried about it. But it's almost like a wait and see thing where prequels always feel like if I know where something's going to end up, even no matter how far in the past a story might take place, I really have to wait and see and then kind of experience it. So it wasn't one of my most like must-see properties, but I'm excited that it got drafted for sure. Yes, uh, this was definitely on my board. It was not my number one, so I'm feeling okay so far for the draft. Um, the Lord of the Rings is those are some of my favorite movies. That trilogy is probably my favorite tril trilogy. Um, so many amazing parts. If you want to hear me gush about Lord of the Rings, just go listen to our Effies <laughs> on the series. Uh, that was a fun time. A really good one too. Thank, thank you. you, thank you. Um, but with this show, I'm I'm kind of there with Chaitanya while also being excited because it is Lord of the Rings. We know like the possibilities of what we can get if done properly, but we also haven't seen anything from it. Not not a person, right? Um, did did we get a picture or anything from the show? I, I don't believe I've seen anything other than than like that nice little trailer that they like just dropped with the with the release date. There's like an image of many have like speculated to be either like. Galadriel or an elf or someone it's like the title with them they have like a white robe on that's it though that's right but I'm actually right. into that like I almost want minimal minimal footage minimal images I just want to be thrown into the world not knowing what to expect you know what I mean that's fair I I would like to know just maybe a little tease of what kind of story we're going to be getting like yeah. is it going to be a sprawling epic where we're like seeing all the lifetime of Sauron or something? Are we like following a bunch of different people a la Game of Thrones? Is is it we you know we're gonna be really all political and like finding out how the rings are made and and following those people? I don't know. I just want to know a little bit more. It, I mean it's coming in September. I feel like we're gonna get that trailer drop. I, I feel like any time now, you know, maybe in the next two months. Mm -hmm. But I am excited. I'm just I just want to see a little bit, and then I, I feel like I'm a I'm a tip over. Then I'm gonna hit that peak. But so far, it's simmering for me. Uh, Michael, your thoughts? It, it's it's the type of thing where I was pretty excited, um, and then I found out I was listening to um, what's Jason what's Jason's new podcast? Uh, X-ray Vision. X-ray Vision, and I found out that um, that whole the the trailer, the little pre thing they dropped, is all. There's no CGI. They actually like carved like wood and like put the lava in there. And yep. I was like, they're they're probably going, they're going hard for this one. Um, I I would disagree. I think I would disagree with something, something you said, um, Kyle, because Netflix has gotten some of their stuff super right. They really got Squid Games right. They yep. The Witcher was something that like nobody was here for. That's and yeah. they've gotten it super right. The second mm -hmm. season is four times better than the first. I I think it's the type of thing where there's going to be a lot of, a lot of speculation. And I mean, I, you can tell me anything about this. You tell me that this is like Sauron as Fleabag and I'd be all in on it. Like, I wouldn't care. You, can, you tell me anything about this. You tell me it's a card. You tell me it's the Simpsons. I don't care. So I'm just, I'm ready for it. I, I think it's a very logical, 
this is a loaded year, and I think this is a logical first pick. It really is. I mean, you can't go wrong with Lord of the Rings number one, and I love that pick. And before we get to Chitanya's first pick, we're going to take our first quick break, y'all. And we're back, and we're just really getting started, so let's just dive right back into it. Chitanya, what's your first pick? So, when, like, for example, last year when I was thinking about what got me the most hyped, there was almost like I'm looking forward to something, and then I'm so hyped that I'm nervous that they're going to mess it up. And there are a few ideas and options here that, I'm kind of nervous about because I want it to work so well. So there are two that come to mind, but I'm going to have to go with Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness for my first pick here, because I had that same level of nervousness that they're going to mess it up with No Way Home last year. And the amount of different directions that this movie could go in, the amount of kind of cameos and different villains and heroes and introductions maybe of iconic teams. I would have to say that there's a lot of opportunities for them to mess it up. A lot of chances for them to get it really right and really kind of build on the success that no way home had. And that's why I got to take it for my first pick here. I love that. Um, such a good pick. Definitely on my board. Pretty high up. Uh, it's dropping May 6th, 2022. Only a few more months. I believe we're probably getting, we're definitely getting Moon Knight before that. I don't know if we're getting anything else in between. I I mean, I feel like this is the the tentpole movie of Phase 4, at least one of them. I mean, I, mean, I feel like they're almost like overloading it, because I think we're getting Quantum Mania in this phase also, so that yeah. could be also one that changes the game. Just the the fact that we're getting so many events happening in the MCU almost like more rapidly and exponentially is exciting in very anxiety inducing, like you said, Chitanya, because it's more chances of them messing up on a large scale. And then what do they do? Like they can they're really good at mitigating errors and failures or even making those failures better. I mean, we saw in Shang-Chi. The, the blunder that was Iron Man 3, we have all seen Shang-Chi, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Trevor Slattery was amazing. And they made people like, okay, I'm, I'm all in on Trevor Slattery now. <laughs> they, they do that so well. But when it's a big, big movie and experience where you have to nail this in order to get to those other parts coming forward, they don't hit this right, It it's not going to be very good. But it's the MCU, and so far... They showed that they did that with No Way Home, so I'm I'm even less nervous about this one than No Way Home. I was I was pretty nervous about No Way Home. This one, I think, like they they know what they're doing. Like this is where the multiverse is really going to kick in and give us a bunch of fun stuff. Like it was that Sorcerer, uh, Sorcerer Supreme. Was that a different one? What's going on there? Wanda, how big of a part is she going to play? And like, is she going to be a baddie or is she really going to be the hero? America Chavez, I'm I only know about her from what I've read about her, but she seems very so exciting and intriguing. So I want to see how that works into the plot. There's a lot to be excited for this movie. I'm very hyped. I'm sad I didn't get it. 
Uh, Michael, your thoughts? So this is here's my thing is I, I think Marvel is pivoting in phase four and beyond to where they're not going to have smaller movies anymore. Every movie is going to be is is going to be not an end game level, but is going to really be kind of like like Civil War. Yeah, it's going to be big yeah. enough. It's going to yeah. have multiple crossovers and the TV shows are going to kind of take the place of um your Iron Man 2s, your kind of character studies. And I think that if that's that seems like their business strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So you're right. If every movie is a swing for the fence, there is an inherent amount of anxiety that's going to come with that. Um, I'm not sure how America Chavez fits in with the cosmic mo- I just I don't know that much about her character. Um I'll I'll be ignorant and, and say I don't I don't actually know that much about her. Um you know my comics knowledge pretty much ended um with endgame with 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 the infinity saga so how she fits in with doctor strange and mordo and the scarlet witch that it'll be interesting to see um but marvel has marvel has my season pass so i'm going to show up for whatever they put out and they're going to have to have three or four or five flops in a row for me to be like i don't know if i'm going to see that one or it'll have to be eternals shots fired on eternals it's been happening a lot lately Uh, it's it's i tried watching it at home it's not good (laughs) kyle are you a fan are you excited are you hyped for dr strange mom (laughs) that's what i have written out right now is dr strange (laughs) mom um yeah i feel like i'm in like the perfect place for this because i you guys were talking about the comparison to like the hype level for No Way Home. Spider Man like is always will be like my my bread and butter. Like that's my favorite superhero. I am very protective and particular about the way he's portrayed. Which you know I've made it very vocal about how I felt about the way he was portrayed before No Way Home. wasn't a big fan, and so I was like almost like regret like dreading going to see No Way Home because I was like I'm just tired of being the the asshole who doesn't like these movies. Like I want I didn't want to be that guy. So I was very worried, and obviously we've gushed about No Way Home, and I love that movie. With Doctor Strange, I like the character. I'm, I think the first movie is relatively like a boring movie, um, but I've liked him more in his other MCU appearances. Like he's great in Infinity War. He played a really cool role in No Way Home. You know, like I, I've enjoyed his other appearances more, and I love What If, and I love his episode of What If, and so I like. It's just fun being like not super invested in the movie so that if it does you know swing too big and if it does make a misfire i don't think i'll be too affected i'll just be like well i liked parts of it and now i can move on and see like you were saying damon even when they fail they know how to recover like they know how to even the movies and i'm a big defender of like you know age of ultron but not everyone loves age of ultron but wandavision makes age of ultron so much more Mm -hmm. relevant and important to the you know the mcu and so this could be one of those uh, occasions where like multiverse of madness could be a misfire, but then maybe five, 10 years down the line, we get something that's like, Oh, well that has so much more significance now. Um, they, I agree. It does worry me a little bit that like every movie is now an event, but I like Michael, I like what you said about how the TV shows are now taking the place of the smaller scale movies. Cause I've always loved the smaller scale stuff. Like I love the guardians movies and I love, you know, Ant-Man and, stuff like that that's more kind of character focused and so i think the tv shows i agree i think they will pick up that slack but i mean at the end of the day like 
Multiverse of Madness is directed by Sam Raimi, so I can't not be excited. Like that's that's my dude. I love <laughs> Sam Raimi. That's that's kind of the ace in the hole here. Is like they kind yeah. they got the right guy for like weird, creepy tentacle monsters <laughs> in and around like magic stuff. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. So like if they let him be Sam Raimi and not like an MCU, you know, neutered Sam Raimi, because he is really fucking weird. Like he let him be weird. Like, give us like the Evil Dead, but with Doctor Strange. And I'm so in. I mean, he he know he always puts Bruce Campbell in his movies. I would love if Bruce Campbell showed up as like a '70s looking Doctor Strange from another you know <laughs> universe or something. I would. I can. Live I, I cannot get that out of my head now. And if it doesn't happen, it's your fault. <laughs> you have me yeah. to call. It is not <laughs> your fault. Oh my it's god. It's a DJ levitation cloak and everything. And oh my exactly. God. Yeah, I would love it. But even if he doesn't, like, even if he has like a Spider-Man movie type cameo where he's just a theater guy or whatever, like, I'll love it because I just I love Raimi and I write hard for his movies. So. Yeah, the 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 ceiling is very high. They could do a lot of cool stuff with this. I I would say with America Chavez, I again don't know much about her, but I think with her ability and power to move in between universes, I, I think she does make sense plot wise with this story. Good point. That's a good point. The concern is like you do have multiverse stuff, but you also have Baron Mordo from an like an unresolved storyline in the first movie, and you have like evil doctor strange it's so like it is a lot of things to juggle but like in terms of like we've seen what they do when they swing big and they deliver i mean that's just so like, i i look forward to hopefully being in the theater and having another no way home like experience because that was just fucking you know unreal so yeah it's a great it's a great pick to draft if, it, if there was an mcu project we're drafting i'm sure there will be more but that's a great first one to start with and i think the the big thing to really worry about with this is the hair they put on Chiwetel issue four looks like some recycled <laughs> Tyler Perry ish. I'm sorry, this came this came up in the BIPOC chat. I mean, like, I got I got to shout it out, but like, he looks like Shamar Moore, and like, I can, I'm I'm serious. Like, that might be that might be the one thing that could drag this whole movie down. It's like if they do his if they do his wig wrong. Listen, oh, I'm very intrigued to see how Mordo plays into this. Whether he's a like a primary antagonist if he's like a uh, secondary if he's a reluctant ally who I, I don't know but i really hope he he has something fleshy and otherwise yeah they could have had him out and have him play a bigger role in maybe the third one or something yeah um, i totally agree with that so but one one more thing i wanted to say before we move to my next pick my first pick i think what we also can get with Raimi here is with that kind of vibe he's going for Something what we got with Ragnarok, where Taika kind of helped unlock that next level for Thor. Yeah. I think maybe maybe we could find the next level of of Doctor Stephen Strange. Maybe like this will be like where we really get exactly who Strange is going to be in the MCU. Like he's he's kind of been a little bit different from movie to movie. Like he's you know a little bit bitter here a little bit more uh funnier here and sometimes just like in no way home he just kind of just didn't give a fuck um <laughs> but that he's definitely uh dealing through trauma so mm -hmm. definitely understandable so he's going to come out of that different i think so maybe like with who knows what's going down in multiverse of madness it really he's going to be maybe a little bit more just take life as it comes you know who knows i'm, I'm very intrigued by that part of it um but all right that's the first MCU property. Let's see if we get any more. Um, 
The next one is not MCU, but it is Marvel. And I am so excited that I got this pick. I don't know why y'all let me get this pick. Kyle, you just said (laughs) Spider-Man is your boy. You ride for (laughs) Spider-Man. And yet I am drafting Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse part one. Because this movie is going to be so good. Okay. Um, First off, it's dropping, I think, October 7th, 2022. Sony Pictures sequel to the best Spider-Man movie so far. Um, Into the Spider-Verse was just... It was breathtaking. It was groundbreaking. Like, the animation and the art was so exhilarating and different. Um, The way it just felt like a comic book was being brought to life. All the different sound effects and bubbles and everything. The way, like, the animation almost looked faulty towards the beginning because like the the multiverse was breaking apart so like it it, it kind of played into that and like to be able to show that visually was just i'm i'm still in all of that <laughs> and then the acting and the performances was just so good okay miles morales that introduction to him was just fantastic he really carried the movie um and then we get our, our other guys peter b peter b parker was so fun spider noir P, uh, spider ham they were like everything about that movie we've gushed about it right and so the fact that this one's happening and we have a date for it i'm just beyond excited okay like like i just feel like it's going to build and build on it like that they had to really knock it out of the park and they did and now they can just really go wild with it you know they're apparently going to you know they're going to different multiverses different universes and apparently they're all going to have their distinct own art style and animation which just I'm get like yes, sign me up <laughs> for all of that. Um, and we got Oscar Isaac get back in, and it's Miguel. Um, it's all the different Spider People again. What more can you ask for? I think this is just going to be. It's you know, <laughs> I think this could end up being the best thing that happens in 2022, and I am beyond hype. Uh, Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean. I think this is maybe the third, fourth, fifth, whatever time on this podcast that you've stolen something Spider-Verse from me. So it's really my fault at this point because I keep letting (laughs) it happen. Um, But honestly, Damon, it's just because I love watching you gush about it. Because as much as I love the Into the Spider-Verse, you are clearly like the biggest fan of that movie I know. So it's just it makes me happy seeing you talk about that movie. I'll just say that to make myself feel better, uh, you know, because I'm I'm salty about losing it to you. Um, No, so I actually remember I... Obviously, we've been waiting to hear what they're going to do with the second one because the first movie was so good and there wasn't really news for a while. And I vividly remember getting off work and the trailer had been, you know, uh, dropped. And I had a text from Damon. He was like, part one? And I just looked at the link and it's, yeah, Across the Spider-Verse part one. And I lost my shit. I was like, oh, okay. So they're like really going for it. Like I typically seeing part one makes me roll my eyes because that was a trend for a while, right? Like that was the Harry Potter Twilight fill in the blank trend. It's different with something like Spider-Verse because we've seen what they did with the first one. So it almost like it warrants a two-part story. Um, you could even call like, you know, Infinity War and Endgame like a two-part story. Like we could we could get something like that. So, yeah, I – you mentioned Oscar. I'm still excited about Issa Rae as, you know, as Jessica yes. Drew. Like I'm just – you said it well with like they did they laid the groundwork so well with the first movie and made such a unique story and – established miles right away as this great protagonist and now like they can just literally do whatever they want 
because like they they established our characters gave us the great dynamic with with gwen like we know these characters now and we can see them do whatever now you know like we i'm sure we'll probably get the um like the 90s animated series guy show up at some point uh yes. we could get like anything like we could really get like it's just there's so many possibilities and with it being a part one, I'm actually I'm thinking it's going to be a dark ending. Like I'm I'm expecting an empire type thing. Like they, I don't want it because I love Miles so much. So I, I just want to protect him and I don't want anything bad to happen to him. But like, you know, mark my words, if like we lose Jefferson by the end of the first movie, uh, I hate it. I don't want it to happen. But I just you know like I just I I can see with it being a part one. I would love this really like Empire Strikes Back type of ending. Um, but I'm just so curious to see what they do. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller just have this really great knack for like engaging animation, but also like stuff like thematic stuff that really hits home for both kids and adults. And I feel like that's going to be the key for this movie. So great, great pick. I think you nailed why I love Lord and Miller so much right there. Uh, yeah. Michael, your thoughts? Are you, are you a fan? Are you hype? You know, Damon, I only have myself to blame. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I structured I structured my um my entire you know talk about how I wanted to do this over you know movies are for the kids. I'm I'm the only person who resides on Daddington Island on this podcast. Um, m- movie theater stuff is for the kids. You know, TV shows can be for me, but but if you know if it's a movie that I'm gonna spend seventy bucks on, I'm gonna take the kids to it. And my <laughs> youngest son is two, and literally will not put on socks unless they're Spider-Man socks. He yes. might be old enough to have seen this in theaters with all of us. <laughs> um, you know, like, you know, my my second youngest son, Jaden, you know, like, he really relates to Miles, you know, as like the, you know, the biracial kid that is trying to find his way between these. So, um, you know, I only have myself to blame for not getting this one. Because this is like one, this is the thing that we're like all looking forward to. We might actually, all four of my kids might be able to go to the theater. Um, and, you know, I, I just figured, you know, if it was going to be someone who, like, stole something and then blamed it on someone else, like, maybe, like, a sour or something else like that, um, it would have been Kyle. Um, it wouldn't have been you. So, you know, I'm really, I, you know, I'm, I'm really feeling it right now. Um, you know, the the Macbeth of it all, the tragedy of it all, the slander of it all. Way to go, Damon. Um, but I really think this is, I, I do, this is, a, this is a wonderful pick. And I'm um I only have myself to blame for, for letting it slip through my fingers because this was well, you know, this I was, was my I number was one. I was a narrator in a Macbeth play, so I I was I was on the <laughs> present. I knew everything. I Way back when he took notes, he was like, I'm gonna do this out, to Michael damn. someday. Spot. <laughs> Chaitanya, are are you hype about this movie? I mean, obviously it's one of the most shocking, unexpected movie going experiences for in, into the spider-verse for me and i'm super excited about this one the trailer i went back multiple times obviously and watched the trailer kind of tried to get any hints of where we might be going the reason it's not quite at the top of my list it's not a number one is just because i feel like across the spider-verse part one and part two it feels like we're setting up like a whole trilogy even though it's only part one part two and then a movie before that i always feel like the middle movie in a trilogy is if not reliant on the first and the third it is definitely slightly a step down if that makes sense 
compared to the first one, the finale. So I'm super excited about it. Kyle obviously picked Lord of the Rings because he's bought by Amazon and or big Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> we can't really argue about that. So <laughs> I, I'm definitely excited about your pick, Damon. Thank you. Thank you. So I just want to clarify, Chitanya, are you saying Empire is inferior to to A New Hope and Return of the Jedi? Yeah, I was going to say that the Godfather <laughs> Part 2 is on the phone. They'd like to have in. Terminator 2? <laughs> Judgment no. Day. Shut the word. fuck up, Damon. <laughs> Nobody asked you. <laughs> Oftentimes is not all the time. That's fair. That's totally That's fair. very fair. That's very fair. Um, I, I'm just happy that I got that pick. So I the draft the rest is just like just toppings. Uh Michael, we're to your first pick. This was by your design. So let's see. If, if uh is your pick is still there. Uh, no, it's not. My my no, my number one pick was uh, Across the Spider-Verse Part 1 for all the reasons that I mentioned about my children and the love that I have for them. And you've stolen that. Wow. Now I Sorry. can't even see the movie with them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to go I'm gonna go with what my second pick would have been, which is, you know, like, like I was saying, you know, movie theaters are for, are for really for the kids. And that's kind of how I structured this. TV's for me. And I'm super excited to go ahead and, and load up a little bit on this. Um... I'm going with Atlanta season three. Um, nice. If, if I'm going to get something for me, it's going to be. Um, I I've been. I've been a Donald Glover fan. All, probably longer than almost anyone else I know. I mean, I was like downloading Childish Gambino mixtapes. I was I was heavy on Community early on, like when it was on TV. Um, and I think this is someone who is super talented and never really found like the right fit. You know, he was, he was, I was super excited for him as Lando and that, that movie didn't land as well as I think it would have wanted. Um, but it someone didn't Lando. didn't Lando did not Lando. Uh, I walked into that one. Um, but in this show, he's super generous. I mean, like he's probably like the fifth or sixth like most exciting character on Atlanta. Yeah, um, I tend to think of hero Mirai before I even think of him. So <laughs> for someone to, um, for someone to be so generous in front of and behind the camera um, and to, to let people like Brian Tyree, Henry and Zazie beats cook, um, you know, the Keith, I, I just, I can't say enough about that. Um, you know, Hiro Mirai was kind of, he was he directed, I think, the first two in, uh, episodes of Station Eleven. Um, very distinctive visual stylist. And then, I think it was August or September of 2020, Stephen Glover, his brother and one of the principal writers, um, tweeted out that, like, just keep in mind, we wrote seasons three and four of Atlanta before all this shit. And I, I mean, I can't be more excited to see exactly how that comes comes to fruition so that's gonna be my my uh my first pick my number four um and you know I i'm gonna shift here i'm gonna shift a little bit here because i think that i can get some other stuff later um i'm gonna go with house of the dragon as my second mm. um i don't think there's been a property that i can think of not Lord of the Rings, uh, not Twilight even, that went from, like, I mean, the 
absolute pinnacle of culture into like the dustbin of like the forgotten toys <laughs> that Game of Thrones has been. Yeah. Um and I've reread Fire and Blood uh you know since and the this part of I mean the Dance of Dragons is it is the right type of thing I think to maybe bring some of the luster back. Um you know where the story's going. You know, you know what's what's gonna happen, um, but I just I cannot be more excited for where this is going, um, and and I I think I think this is the type of thing that like is gonna set HBO up in a really fun way, especially with the stuff they have coming out. But I think this is gonna be the thing that kind of like it's going to be shot for shot between you know this and lord of the rings um and a couple of other properties for you know everybody knows this is the cool stuff now it, it it's amazing to me that i live in a world where my dungeons and dragons knowledge and my sword and sorcery stuff is is exciting and is is valued writ large in the culture um and now it's just now you know what just like the fact that Buffalo just scored and went up on a two-point conversion with a minute 54 left, we're in the playoffs now, and all it's all about execution on fourth down. So <laughs> <laughs> we're just mixing uh, everything in here, yeah. This is very true. Um, the House of the Dragon is definitely on my list. Um, I'm just ready to see a Targaryen named Damon. Like, that's my boy. That's my name. Matt Smith. Uh, he He's that character is so it's gonna be so fucking fun, man. Oh, see, dude. and that's the thing. That's why I'm excited, also because I, I'm a show only Game of Thrones fan, because I didn't know anything about it, and like I watched the first season, mm-hmm. and like you know a lot of people, like my mom read all the books after that and everything, and I was like, yeah. I'm not going to ruin anything. I won't. I want to watch the whole series, and then I'll read the books. And then the series ended, and I was like, I don't want to read these damn books. I'm so fucking mad. <laughs> like, but now um, I've revisited the show. I, I very much appreciate it, even the ending, as flawed as it as it is. I want to read the books, but also if he's not going to finish it, I I don't know if I want to start. Yeah. Um, and so at this point, like Fire and Blood, it's you know it's like a prequel companion books book, and like I'm almost like I. You know, the fact that they're making all of this in the series, I almost don't want to spoil myself on that either. Like, I just want to go in as blind as possible because I found that to make the experience of Game of Thrones just like the fact that I saw the Red Wedding happen and not knowing what was about to happen was just Mm -hmm. like that. That scene was just absurd of what happened. So like all those different things that happened in Game of Thrones, I want to be able to experience that with House of Dragon. And, it, you know, like you said, it's a very f- big thing that they're going to show. The civil war between the Targaryens, dragons left and right. Like, if there's not a dragon on screen every five minutes, I'm going to be like, oh, is this real? Is this-? Like, there should be a dragon right there. Give me all the dragons and I'll be I'll be satisfied, okay? Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts? Okay, so first, Atlanta, because I... I'm very mad I missed it because that was my next pick, but I am so excited. I love, I was a little worried. Like we, we knew we were getting season three, seasons three and four back to back to back. And then I was like, Oh, are we just not going to like, when is it happening? And it being so close, I think it was like March 24th. That's 
very close. And I, yeah, I've just, I've gone too long without Atlanta and I just need the show back. Um, I love, I love, I love this show so much. I, I think it's just so inventive. Um, I go back and rewatch the show itself quite a bit cause it's not that long, but more than the show, if I don't want to watch anything I'm currently watching, I would just put on Teddy Perkins just for like a 30 minute trip. Like I, I know, I don't know what that says about me that I can rewatch that episode because it's deeply uncomfortable, but that's, I mean, that's the point. And it's just such a good, like, I'm just so impressed by Donald Glover and like, there is a handful, I talked about this last week on our Steward to Sound draft about um, David Byrne, but like there's a handful of artists that I want to just sit down and like have a conversation with. Oh, what happened? The cheetah. The cheetah just scored. The cheetah. Oh, 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 okay, okay, all right, all right, great. Um, but I, I, I would love to get Donald Glover in a room and just pick his brain. Like he, he's just so fascinating to me and everything he does is just so smart and topical and like yeah and i am a huge fan of brian brian tyree henry's i'm a huge fan of of zazi beats but i really love darius too like i just think he's such a fucking wild card and like everything he does in the show like i just never know what to expect from him um but, but it, it always makes sense too it, it, yeah it, it's so because you can be like a, a a goofball off the wall character and but he brings an energy that like as soon as he says it it makes sense Yes, and he ends up being like the most profound person in the room. Yeah, it's it's just really interesting, and so I'm super excited about that. Um, House of Dragon is like interesting for me because kind of because of what you said about like Game of Thrones making that quick turnaround of like being the thing that everyone talked about and then being the thing that no one talked about right away, and even like. You know, we did the episode, like the Effies for Game of Thrones just a few weeks ago, maybe a month, a month ago or whatever. And even then I was like, I love watching or talking about this show on the podcast, but also like it's just it feels like there's a tinge of like bittersweet because it's like I, I just miss when the show was good or I miss when it was fun to talk about Game of Thrones without that kind of cloud hanging over it. So I'm very curious about House of Dragon because maybe, yeah, maybe it, that's the case where like that brings that level of prestige back for the sh- for the, the world and like. It's an incredible show, and then we can talk about that that universe without feeling bad. I'm just I'm very curious about what they do. I'm like Damon. I've only read the first two books, so I I'm going into this not really knowing a whole lot. Um, but I think if you're going to make something Game of Thrones, make it about the Targaryens, obviously. And yeah, I agree. If there's not a dragon on screen every five minutes, then I'm turning it off. I'll just say that I'm turning episode one off. Chitanya, <laughs> your thoughts on Atlanta season three and the first season of the House of the Dragon? Atlanta is one of those shows where I always kept an eye on it and I never got into it and I really have to. It's almost like Shit's Creek was back in 2021 for me. It's definitely something where I may have to hop in and get on that experience. Game of Thrones is definitely one of those shows where I never got into it. I never read the books. I always wanted to read the books before watching the show. kind of the opposite of you, Damon. And in a way, it's almost a byproduct of the negative reaction to the final season where, like, mm-hmm. I need to take a beat and then maybe get into the books before getting to the show. So Atlanta, definitely something that the hype has been so overwhelming is definitely something I want to check out. Game of Thrones, <laughs> we'll <laughs> get there when we get there. And House of the Dragon, def- it wasn't on my list just because I never really got into that whole world. 
Fair, fair. Um, the House of Dragon, like it, it, it could be the next thing that that really gets people really going back to Game of Thrones and talking about it. That was such a huge event for everyone. Like Michael said, it was. It really made it, everyone liked it, from like your uncle mm-hmm. to to the 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 nerdy kid to the jock to everybody like it was just it was yeah. so broad appealing which is so weird because it really wasn't a broad appealing show <laughs> it was a lot of times very slow in plotting and and like you had to pay attention and yet it's it continued it people kept with it like so so impressive that they did and and then they let us down um atlanta Season three, I'm very, very hyped for it, especially because I just watched season two a couple weeks ago. Oh, um, I watched season one when it first aired. I was very excited. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, Donald Glover, he's, you know, he seems very talented and and everything. I watched and was blown away. I still like when I first watched that episode where it's the uh, public access channel and like the, <laughs> yeah. when they did the Swisher yeah. Sweets commercial, I was just. <laughs> I was like, wow, this this show is is perfect. This this is t- calling to me. Yeah. I, um, if you've ever broken down a Swisher Sweet, you, you were like, this commercial's beautiful. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> um, and then everything else, it's it's one of the most unpredictable shows I've ever watched. And like, you you do not know what's coming next. You're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, they're they're talking about going uh, to do this show, and then like. They don't get there because they like they're stuck in this just absurd scenario and they they let everything breathe on this show. They don't worry about the destination. It's all about the journey. Like the whole episode, the alligator man episode. <laughs> um, so, so I don't want to spoil it. What happens in it for you, Chitanya, <laughs> But like it's just like episodes like that where like nothing really happens like like maybe like an hour of time has passed, yeah. but everything that happens is um is perfect. And you're like, I need more of this. Yeah. Um, this show deals in a lot of like surreal absurdity, and it's just it's done in such a way. I'm like, I need five more seasons of this. Like, I just I want to see what happens next. And they left it at a really really cool spot to where like, okay, it, it seems like they almost like closed a chapter. What's next? Like, what's going to go down next? I'm, I'm super hyped for this one. Um. Atlanta season three. That that's a great pick, along with the House of the Dragon. Those are gonna be hard to tough uh, to tackle, and uh, I think I'm gonna do that with my next pick. But before that, we're gonna hit a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Michelin Man. If you if you want tires, or if you want to review a rest a restaurant. Michelin is here. Thank you, Michelin man. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bills Mafia podcast. We are talking about... <laughs> Love you, Anna. <laughs> we are talking about uh, the 2022 year of movies, TV shows, cigar brands, and Canada Dry. Uh, we are to Damon for his next pick. What are you following up across the Spider-Verse with? I'm, okay, I'm sorry to uh, go on a on a tangent, but uh, you said Canada Dry, and yeah. I have to tell the story of Canada Dry, y'all. Oh no! My sister. Did you find a thumb in it? No, my sister apparently 
until it was brought to her attention like sometime last year because she she caught uh, you know she was with uh, her husband and she asked for for the Canada Dry but she did not say Canada Dry she asked for a Canada Canada Dry oh no yes yes uh-huh. <laughs> yeah and then and then my my brother in law Jake had just be like I'm sorry what you know Canada Dry. And and so he had to let all of us know. <laughs> and so I wanted to let all y'all know. <laughs> We're in on the misery. <laughs> but, okay. So, for my next pick. This one is one I've been super hyped about. It's one that I was hoping we would have been watching right now. But there was some delays. Instead, we got Book of Boba Fett. It's a fun show, but I'm ready for the OG to come back, y'all. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for season three, The Mandalorian. I'm ready for Club, uh, Clan Mudhorn. I'm ready for Baby Grogu. I'm ready to see Din Djarin kick some more ass. I'm ready for him to, to do something with that Darksaber and, and really maybe see Mandalore. Give me some more Mandalore, okay? There's The Mandalore was such a, a hit, okay? The first season came out of nowhere. We didn't know what to expect. We got Grogu, and everything was right in the world. Season two upped it it all. Like We got so much more really fun episodes. We got Bo-Katan. We got freaking Ahsoka, my girl. I love you so much. Um, And now, like, the fact that we got the Darksaber, and we got, like, one of the biggest things that ever happened in a TV show ever, we got freaking Luke Skywalker showing up and just just wrecking people that was absurd that that happened i i love that i still can't get over it how do you top that i don't really know i don't think that they're caring about topping something like that they're just going with the story and i think i think the inevitability is like we're going to get some sort of battle for mandalore and figure out where din is going in his life like what is his purpose like is he going to just want to travel with grogu does he want to take over mandalore does he want to be a a leader of his people does he want to go back to being a lone wolf bounty hunter Uh, who knows i i I think we're going to find out maybe not in season three but i think we're going to start finding out that he's trying to figure everything out and i just am so excited there's not many episodes of this show that i have not enjoyed like they could just do anything and i'll be like okay I'm good. When's the next episode? Um, we don't know when it's coming. I'm, my guess is probably November, um, but it has been confirmed for 2022. So that is my second pick. John Favreau, thank you for this show. Um, I'm so hyped for it. Uh, Chitanya, your thoughts? I am furious with myself that I did <laughs> not have Mandalorian season three as like a top tier on my board here, but I mean, especially after Book of Boba Fett so far, nothing personal with this show. It just has not clicked for me at all. And compared to The Mandalorian, the first two seasons, that just week after week, season after season, just brought me back, got me hyped week after week. Season three, I, I'm a little interested to figure out where we go now that Grogu is kind of off on his own a little bit, but 
I, I'll watch anything with Grogu, with Din Djarin, now the Darksaber. Kind of, the show feels like it's changing in theme a little bit, but even there, I'm super excited to see what they have to tell us, what they have to show us, and where we go from here. Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, Chaitanya, I'm glad you mentioned them changing in, like, the theme, because I feel like they almost have to. Like, they have to evolve a little bit. Um, I... I'm probably going to get murdered for this because I know our, our fellow fans. I don't know if we see Groku again. Like, I feel like I know that, like, in a business sense, yes, we're we're going to see him again because <laughs> Disney knows, like, that is their thing and people lose their shit for Grogu. So maybe we get him. I just I don't think that he's going to play a huge part in the show the way he did in the first two seasons. And I'm actually really like curious about that and excited about that because that was the entire point of the first two seasons. It was like Mando's entire purpose was to protect him and to get him back to his people. And so it's interesting because we still I mean, even though that's kind of it feels kind of over, we don't really we still don't know where he came from or does Yoda canonically fuck like we we don't know, you know, like it's just (laughs) uh, (laughs) don't say you weren't thinking it, Michael. I see you. And just like, I don't want to think about the specifics of that, but I'm just really curious. I'm, I, cause I, so obviously I love Grogu and I love my, I love my 50 year old son, but I just like, I am curious. I love Din Djarin too. And he's legitimately like probably one of my favorite canon Star Wars characters. I just think he's so interesting. And I love that he's not like, he's a bit of a dumbass when it comes to his own heritage and his own, like he doesn't know shit about Mandalorians. And that's actually a really cool character trait because he's like constantly evolving and learning how to be like a better person in the show. And he's really malleable. And like, I don't know, like I, they, they could have fucked up him meeting Ahsoka and they could have fucked up him meeting Bo-Katan and like all of it is done so well. Um, and the finale of season two obviously is just fucking bonkers and incredible. And it feels like it, like a very good series finale, but the fact that we are getting more is just really intriguing to me because I'm curious what the next thing is. I do agree with you, Damon. I think they are building to a, eventually a battle for Mandalore. I think that that will be kind of our big crossover event for all of these shows. You know, like Ahsoka is probably going to end up crossing paths with Mando again. Boba obviously is going to cross paths with Mando again, because if we don't get the duo of Boba and Mando again, that's a missed opportunity because they're fucking great together. Um, but I just, yeah, I'm really curious about it because it was like when it was airing was probably my favorite show on TV. I mean, it was the thing I was most excited to watch each week. So like, I know I'm excited for it, but I'm just really, my question is just like, what do they do? What do they do next? So I'm, I'm intrigued by that. And the fact that it's like not the first star Wars thing we're getting this year. Like the fact that like, you know, like Ahsoka is likely coming before. And even if not Ahsoka, maybe Kenobi or like other stuff. I just I, I'm kind of with Chaitanya like I'm almost mad that I didn't think about drafting it because I just haven't thought about it as much like it's just I didn't even know it was confirmed for 2022 honestly I was just not positive about that so obviously I'm excited for it I'm just very curious to see what they do with it ultimately all right well I'm, I mean I'm glad that y'all didn't think about it more better for me <laughs> Michael are you excited again I have a two-year-old with a Grogu towel and a Grogu doll and who had like a Grogu Halloween? Like, I mean, yes, 
I'm super. You you're taking all of my children's things right now. And I am a child. I'm, I'm just like at some point you may end up tied up in a Brooklyn basement, like for taking things from my children. Um, no, I mean this is this is this is going to be dope. I think Chitanya, you brought up a really good point. I, I'm probably as as high on Boba Fett as anybody until the last the last episode, and the fact that like they got Din Djarin they got his characterization so well off of a helmet and a voice and three different people playing him. And they, I've loved Tamir Morrison in a whole bunch of stuff. And the fact that like, they kind of didn't figure out and aren't able to tell the story of what, who Boba Fett is and what he wants as well is interesting to me. Um, It, it really is. And I'm excited to see them kind of, they have to differentiate those two. Right. Um, and how they're going to do it, minus at least for part of you know, and again, this it may work out in all kinds of different ways. But him and Grogu are not together, you know, at least like physically for at least the first episode. You know, this this is kind of like the when is Jon Snow going to get brought back to life? Yes, we're going to see them get reunited at some point. Like, you know, Kyle, calm down. Like, we're not going <laughs> 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 to that sweet, sweet, those sweet, sweet merch dollars. Just, just dry up on the vine. <laughs> but when they, how they tell that story is interesting to me. And I've, I've actually been rewatching The Mandalorian because it's like the one non Coco Melon thing my two year old will watch, um, or Baby Shark, and he, Grogu, and he does like the the uh, Leo meme. <laughs> and, and I'm rewatching season one, and I'm like, every single one of the episodes is dope. What, what? So yeah, how do they get back to that, and how they recapture the magic? Super excited. Oh, well, that's the end of that. Oh. No. Hell Chiefs. Did they win? <laughs> Hell they Chiefs. Yeah. Yep. Oh, fuck yeah. Mahomes did his thing. Um but no, that was very, very well put, Michael. Um I like like I said, I it's been on my mind a lot, especially because we're watching Book of Boba Fett right now. And I'm with Michael. Like I enjoyed it a lot up until this last episode where I like I still liked it, but it's just it's almost floundering. It's it's just kind of like waiting, waiting, waiting for what? Like just keep just move move it along, and we we're here. Like we're ready to see what happens. It, I've been I've been intrigued, but it's just taking a little while to get there. But like watching that, it's like yeah, I'm ready for Mandalorian. I want to yeah. see more of this world. Like what's happening right now? More Filoni, more Favreau, just them doing their thing, and it's really. You know, of course, technically, the sequel trilogy did happen. It, it did. But it's so far away to where it, like, he can, we really can do a lot in Mandalorian to where it, has, it says nothing about the prequel, of the sequel trilogy. Yeah. And it's just fine. And we can do so much with that. And I'm excited to see where we did go with it. So I'm very happy I got that pick. And that means we're moving right along to Chitanya for your second one. What you got? So when I look at the things that are on my board, I've upcoming seasons of shows. I do have sequels, obviously full of superhero content. Um, I'm kind of debating between the property that brought me into modern superhero movies and 
another MCU property that I'm a little anxious about. So I think I'm going to go with a movie that's coming out in just less than two months, actually. I'm going to go with the Batman because Batman Begins really brought me into kind of this generation of superhero movies. Like, obviously, we had the X-Men movies, we had the Spider-Man movies, but the one that I saw first growing up and the one that really got me into this kind of world was Batman Begins. And having such an interesting casting with Robert Pattinson, with there's going to be a lot of baggage from people that don't watch movies and only know him as Twilight Boy and Harry Potter Boy. Like, there's going to be a lot of that out there. And I, everything I've seen so far, all of the trailers, all of the material, a lot of the kind of vibe that we get from that casting from Zoe Kravitz, I'm super excited to see what this movie gives us. I think the runtime is almost three hours long. That was the most recent thing we got, which seems crazy, but for a well-told story, seems perfectly matched. So... I got to go with the Batman. I dig it. I'm glad I got drafted. Kyle, your thoughts on the Batman. I <laughs> I have very conflicted feelings about this movie. I And just about Batman as a character in general. Um, so similar to how you're talking about Batman Begins, Shaitanya, with Batman just in like comic books, he was my, he and Spider-Man were like my gateway into the comic book world. Uh, I think like the first, things I ever read were Batman comic books. Um, So I was always a big fan of the character growing up. And then as I got more into Marvel and DC, there were just other characters that I found more interesting. Um, And then like, you know, I I feel like everyone goes through this phase. I sometimes feel like I still go through this phase, but like I, I would go through the phase where like Batman was the most popular superhero. So by default, I just didn't like him. And I was like, oh, he's just, he's so overplayed. And like, you know, but I mean, that's for a good reason. Like, he's a very interesting character. I just think that we've gotten, like, so much Batman content. Because it's not just movies. It's, like, the video games. And don't get me wrong, the Arkham games are fucking incredible. And I love those games. But, like, we've gotten so much Batman content. And as a person who, like, definitely prefers DC to Marvel in general. Like, not in the movies, obviously. But, like, DC Comics. I kind of just want to see the the spotlight that he gets. Hey, guys. uh, My audio decided to crap out at this point in the podcast so i'm just going to give you a summary that i said i think batman's overrated but i'm excited for the movie there's a lot of interesting things about it thanks that's fair that's very fair i figured that's that's your that was your view on it michael are you excited for the batman at first i was not i was like all right we're doing another batman movie there's so many other people we could we could talk about same thing kyle was saying and every at every point this movie has just seemed cooler and cooler and cooler, and it has a defined point of view, and it seems like it has a a, a take on this. So, um, I'm good with it. I'm I'm ready for it to come out. Hell yeah. Um, I'm pretty much right there with you. Okay, so Batman was pretty much like I got introduced to comics like in superheroes with Spider Man, uh, the X Men, and Batman, like all pretty much right around the same time as a kid. Uh, all the animated series and all that, like Batman Beyond was actually my first taste of Batman. 
fell in love. Uh, we need that one day live action. It's got to happen. Um, but like Batman, like I, I enjoyed watching all the Batman movies as a kid. Like I even wrote like wrote for Batman and Robin as a kid. I was like, give me more of that neon fighting scene. Give me more of the skating on ice. Give me all of it. It was just it was perfect as a kid. Um, and then the the new trilogy, the newer trilogy happened, and I was like, oh wow, this is this is different, more mature. I like it how how all oh, the really cool fight scenes. Like Batman actually looks like a like a martial artist, like a actually like master like he should be and then i remember the height i had wanting to watch the dark knight like i was a junior in high school and like i remember me and a bunch of my friends we piled into uh her big suv like it was so packed like me and my friends the guys were like riding in the back where it was like you know you throw the groceries like we were just like okay we don't care we just need to get to this movie and i just i loved that movie for so many different reasons um it's of course flawed like any single movie, but the the pros to me far outweigh the cons. Um, it's just breathtaking, and I loved it. Um, Batman as a whole, especially right now, it's just a very. A lot of people like don't like Batman. Like it's honestly, I think that the Batman heat, to use a wrestling term right now, is just off the charts. People are tired of him. People are like, this dude is a billionaire. He doesn't do anything with his money. He just kind of perpetuates the crime instead of solving it. He could do a lot more work with his money and help, you know, all that. Uh, Also, just the fact that he's as a person is very flawed. He's not a, you know, he he fucks up a lot. He's not the best uh, provider for all the children he takes in. Um, (laughs) Yeah. He's a he's kind of a psychopathic. He like you know he he gets off on beating people to to a pulp. There's a lot going on with Batman, but at the same time, it's such an interesting character for all those reasons. You know, like he is a flawed person. Like, like and I think that's one of the things they are touching on in this new Batman movie. He is supposed to be just as unhinged as all the people he's going after. Like that's a a part of it and i'm very very excited to see that as well as supposedly this is in year two so a very young batman um and also he's it's supposed to really signal in on his detective skills which we really really haven't seen in, that's been in a missing lot of yeah it's yeah. really missing and like show us how smart batman is batman is cunning and intelligent as hell like show us what makes him just as dangerous to be able to catch you as he is to, to beat you up. Um, and like, like Michael said, as we see more of the trailer, it just looks really definitive. It looks like the, the action is going to be really tight and fun. And as long as the story makes sense and keeps me like on my toes, I'll, I'll be there. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to be there opening weekend. So love me some Batman. I don't know. I don't think I was going to draft it just because I even am like, if they had waited three, like even two more years, I think I'd been like, yeah, it's about time. It's about time for another Batman. But like, we're just really just getting over Batfleck, you know, yeah. which I enjoyed. I, I enjoyed Batfleck for how different he was. So, well, yeah, even that's, me, a, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah. part of the intrigue for me, it really has to be, that there are so many challenges that I was totally Batmaned out. I did not care after Justice League, even after the Snyder cut. It was like, okay, 
We've got all this. Why do we need another one? You need to prove this to me, mm-hmm. DC, Warner Brothers. And every step of the way, it seems like they've been proving it and making me care about it. I was not invested in this property and this specific movie and this take until they showed me why it should be, which is why it's really a surprise pick for me here. I love it. Matt Reeves. I mean, yeah, he's a trusted the director. Of the Apes trilogy. It was fantastic. And I think he's right. going to do the same with this. All right. The Batman got drafted. Uh, now we are back around to Kyle for the turn. What are you going to pair with Lord of the Rings? Hmm. Yeah, I so I was I was getting ready for this draft and I was trying to I almost wanted to split things up into categories. And then I realized, like, I mean, I know myself well enough to know that, like, most, if not all of the content I consume is movies and TV. I mean, I, I love music and I mean, honestly, my favorite band already released their new album this year. So that's not even like on the draft. So, like, it's just like the things that I am excited for really kind of boil down to movies and TV. Um so for this next one, I'm going to go a bit off the beaten path. It's not a, an IP. It's not a franchise. But I, I'm i really intrigued by The Northmen. Um, this movie is coming out in April, uh, April 22nd. It's directed by Robert Eggers, or Eggers. I don't know how you pronounce his last name. But he, Eggers, um, Eggers. Eggers, yeah. He directed uh, The Witch and The White House. Um, the Witch has got to be, if not my favorite, like probably in my top five, top three horror movies of the last decade. Um, I, I think he more than maybe any director working today knows how to make a period accurate movie, um, down to the dialogue. I mean, if anyone hasn't seen the witch of the white house, I recommend it, but I recommend watching them with subtitles because (laughs) the dialogue is so true to those periods. It's just very hard to understand what they're talking about. Um, and speaking of, you know, Robert Pattinson, Pattinson, he's incredible in the white house and Willem Dafoe is great. And it's just the two of them. And it's just a fucking surreal and weird movie. Um, but I, I just, I write hard for the witch. I think it's one of the just most well-made horror movies of all time, but I just love Robert Eggers and I love the idea of Norse history and that's where, sorry, not Norse Viking history and like getting this, like it looks like I'm going to make a comparison to a movie. I don't even really like that much, but it looks like kind of in the vein of the Revenant, which I was into when I watched it. And then I've kind of liked less each time I've watched it. But the thing I love about it still is how intense and like, present in the moment it is and a lot of that is due to the fact that it's shot with like a lot of these really long sweeping takes and the northman looks like that as well i mean it's a really intense trailer you basically get this uh guy who his mother is killed by um or sorry his father is killed by a rival tribe and he is basically he grows up trying to like avenge the guy's death and and save his mother from this this rival tribe and basically it's it seems like a very simple revenge story, but you have um, Alexander Skarsgård is playing the main role. You've got Anya Taylor-Joy, who obviously made, you know, her star was, she was made a star from The Witch. Um, she's in it. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Bjork is in it, which is like wild to me. <laughs> um, I just like, I'm really intrigued by this movie. And I knew that like, I wanted to talk about IPs on this podcast, but I also, I acknowledge that, these days I get much more excited by the independent stuff because I think there's more potential there. I I love IP stuff and I am obviously a big Marvel fan. My first pick was, you know, Lord of the Rings, 
I love franchise stuff, but I feel like going into stuff that is not attached to anything that it's its own story. I, I have less to expect. And so like, I have no like preconceived notions about these stories and this movie in particular. So like this movie could suck and I could, we could go back to this episode later and I could be like, I was wrong, but just, I'm very ex- excited by the premise of it. And like the idea of just not knowing what kind of movie it's going to be, but knowing the trailer is just this super, super intense, like revenge story. So yeah, I got to draft the, the Northman. Love it. Chitanya, your thoughts? I've heard a lot of talk about the Northmen um, come up across a lot of pods that I listen to, a lot of internet personalities, a lot of movie people. And it really hasn't caught my attention, but the frequency that it gets brought up, kind of the cast, the premise behind it, really gets me a little intrigued, which I'll be the first one to say I'm very uh, franchised out in terms of the movies I like. I'm very much more kind of all across the map when it comes to TV and streaming, but it definitely something that's on my radar and it's kind of forced its way on there because of the multiple instances of people raving about the potential that it has really. And isn't that what like partially what hype is all about? Like, it's you know it's your personal hype, but also it's like the the cumulative, like it's it's what everyone else is feeling, and it's like that building. It's like you know you you, you talk to a, you, other people and they're excited about it, and it just builds and builds on that. Um, this one looks intense. Uh, Michael, are you excited for it? It's I I think the the thing that you brought up, Kyle, about you know it kind of reminds you of the Revenant. Um, to me, it, it's it's uh, Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Period accurate, wide sweeping shots, a protagonist played by a phenomenal actor who probably doesn't say a lot, but is going to get to communicate a lot with physicality. I mean, I'm, I'm all the way ready for this. And as someone who like, I I don't do horror movies and still had to go and like, see the witch and was like, yeah, this, okay. I'm, I'm going to be, be on board for whatever this guy's doing. So it's a, it's a dope, if you're gonna step outside of what we all we talk about a lot, lot which you know our friend group, our mutual friends, it's, it's a lot of IP, it's a lot of all the things everybody knows about. But this is a this is a very very cool step outside of that. Big time. Um, this was not on my list only because I have not seen a Robert Eggers movie yet. I really need to watch The Witch. Um, I feel like that's definitely going to be on my uh, Halloween list for this year. Um, but they look so unsettling and so dark and and drab. And like to have that as the backdrop of like a, a Viking revenge story sounds so intriguing. Like it it's I feel like it's gonna make the action so brutal and almost depressing, but like but it seems like it's gonna be very accurate and just very poignant. Like I feel like it's gonna be a movie that definitely breathes and like is very just as silent as it is I don't even know. Is his is his movies loud at all, or is it more about like the in between? Just given his other two movies, I think it is kind of like that. It's a good mix. Like the witch in particular, I think does a lot with silence, and I think I think horror movies live and die on silence. I think that there's so much dread that you can build with just still shots and bringing in unsettling things slowly and like kind of letting that those be scary on their own without, you know, jump scares and stuff like that. And so this, this kind of looks like that. It looks like there's a lot of a brutal moment, but it also looks like a lot of very silent 
like just intense things, you know. Did, did so any very... of you guys see the last duel? I Not haven't yet. yet. Not yet. Okay, Not so yet. the last duel is giving me a lot of uh Eggers vibes. It's like when okay. when it's combat, I mean it is nasty, brutish, disgusting. It is like you know, Thomas Hobbes, right? Life is you know, just brutish and short and and, and you know, Matt Damon isn't even he's holding the, the sword by the blade and hitting people with the cross guard. I mean, like it's it's like disgusting. But in between that, it's a lot of like weird glances and like, oh, this person said this word wrong, or how did that person respond? It's a lot of like the the, the character building in between is punctuated by like the most brutal violence, which I mean, which is you know accurately depicted violence you can get. That's the kind of the vibe that I'm getting here. <laughs> Well, I'm very excited. I mean, that trailer was very visually striking, and it's got me very excited. And it definitely is going to be the first one I watch from him. Um, that that cast. I mean, Anya Taylor Joy. What can we say about her? And Skarsgård is is a very physically imposing actor who also is just very talented. Like, I mean, yeah, super underrated part of True Blood and everything he's done since then. I think yeah. he's he's been underutilized. So I hope mm-hmm. this really like catapults him into another range of of big movies. So I thought you would draft this one, Kyle. I know you've been hyping it up and it's definitely a Kyle pick. I, I like it. I dig it. And the more non IP, the better because we, we cover IP almost nonstop. So it's, it's good to give all the other stuff a shout. Um, you want to give us that, uh, that next one. Yeah. So going back to the TV realm, um, there is another season three coming out that I so I mean, I've said this before in the podcast. It's between Atlanta and this show of like my favorite show on TV right now. And I've got to go with Barry season three. Um, we don't have a release date yet, but I know it's happening this year. I believe it has recently finished filming. Um, but yeah, I so if you haven't seen Barry, it's an HBO show about um, basically a hitman who questions his life choices and decides he wants to stop being a hitman. And is he lives in uh, L.A., decides to start trying to be an actor instead. And he's played by Bill Hader. Um, his acting coach is played by Henry Winkler, which I feel like that should be the selling point already, like those two, because that's really that is the joy of this show. It's those two playing back and forth. Um, I have been a bit Bill Hader fan for as long as I don't know. Like I, I've loved that man since like probably Hot Rod. I mean, I just I, I I'm such a huge fan of his. He's always been my favorite SNL cast member, um, and I'm so intrigued by the choices he makes in this show because he is one of the creators of the show, and obviously plays the lead role. And it's it's very Bill Hader type of comedy, but it's also a really dark show. And like he just shows a very dramatic side. Um, that I think is really impressive. I think he has been completely overlooked at award shows. Like, I think he it just gives an incredible lead performance. Um, Steven Root is also really great in the show, plays just an absolute scumbag, and he plays it so well in only a way like Steven Root could. I mean, speaking of uh, maybe that lackluster episode, he was probably the best part of that most recent uh, Boba Fett episode. Um, but I just... I love the premise of it and I love the execution. It's why I kind of, when I talk about Atlanta, I talk about Barry because they're two shows that I think have really cool concepts and they're two comedic voices that I have always loved, Donald Glover and Bill Hader. And I think that they just make really interesting choices in like both their writing and acting. Um, and yeah, the rest of the cast is also just phenomenal, but it, if anything, I think the selling point is, especially because of where season two left off. I won't, obviously I won't spoil anything, but 
it left off with a very interesting point with Barry and uh, Henry Winkler's characters, they, their relationship. So I'm very curious to see how they develop that. But yeah, I had to. It's like my favorite show on TV, so I had to draft it. <laughs> oh yeah, Chitanya. Have you seen Barry? I haven't seen Barry, and it's one of those where it kind of HBO is an interesting dilemma of a network for me because it's almost as if I have to pick one show or have shows that kind of draw me in because it's not one of my constant subscriptions. So it very concept seemed really interesting. Kyle's recommendation definitely makes it something where I may have to go and check it out and maybe catch up the four season three, but it's not something I've seen. My, uh, Michael, have you seen it? it? I'm, I'm guiltily saying that I haven't seen it, have read a lot about it. And it's the type of thing where like, man, I wonder why I haven't just sat down and put it on. And I think I'm going to have to. I think I'm going to have to here very, very shortly because I like Hater. I like Stephen Root. I like kind of like the way they've structured everything. Um, and if it's getting this much love from you, Kyle, I, I think I'm going to have to just just go ahead and, and, uh, and sit down and put some of these episodes on. Especially yes. now that Insecure is off. I've, I've got like a, like a hole in my like Sunday nights where Insecure used to take up like all the energy and all the like the conversation around it. So this would be a cool one to, to throw in. And I mean, it's not the the slowest watch. It's a pretty brisk watch. It's only two seasons so far. Yeah, eight episodes up. each. Yeah, eight like episodes it's a, it's an easy. Yeah. Um, um, I watched this last year because of Kyle. We he talked about it many times. So, uh, you know, in my attempt to watch all the Kyle content, this was one of them. <laughs> Very excited that I did. Um, it's one of the things I I enjoyed definitely the most as far as on Kyle's lists. It's it's so different and real. Barry is just this character that you you want to see do better. You like you just want to see him succeed. And it's like oh, and then, like you see him wanting things in life. You're like yeah, he 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 should get that. And then you see when things crumble or go a different way. Not to you know I don't want to hit on any plot points, but it's just it's a very it's a show where very human. Okay, mm-hmm. everyone feels very human, even in a show where it's about hitmen and in crime and the like um everyone's fleshed out i love uh soho hank he's one of the crime guys he's Uh hilarious he just wants to be um (laughs) he just wants to be barry's friend it's hilarious and i just will mention one episode that if you want to watch the show like i i recommend watching the show just so you can watch this episode it's it's episode five in season two ronnie lily and it's just about this this guy and his daughter. And it's the weirdest episode. It's like <laughs> this and Teddy Perkins are like in, in a different world of Gray TV, double feature. Okay? Gray double feature. Just what happens. And it's like this is a this is actually happening. Right. OK, they go with it and just keeps going. It's the weird. Just so weird. I, I don't want to spoil what happens. A lot of fun fighting, though. I will say that. Definitely recommend this uh, show. Very glad you got it, Kyle definitely a Kyle pick um but all right let's let's move on from that we're back along to Chitanya for your third pick man what you got I am going to go with one of the shows that got me kind of into Netflix as a fan of their original content and I'm gonna go with Stranger Things season four 
there's been a lot of kind of rave reviews about season one for sure, then kind of differing opinions on seasons two and three. I personally enjoyed all of them. Season two, probably a little less than the, than one and three. And where we left off at the end of season three really has me intrigued and excited to get back into that world. The characters kind of, I'm a sucker for adventurous kids, um, dangerous situations, and kind of everything that this show is about. The nostalgia, the kind of supernatural, the creepiness. It's really one of the first shows that I didn't hate horror-esque elements. I'm not really a horror fan. I'm not kind of a fan of the creepiness. And this show is so special because it really didn't matter. None of those things that would have turned me off of other content with that vibe really made any difference because of the strength of the characters, the strength of the storytelling. And I, I'm going to say season four here. I love it. I love it. Um, I did not have that on my list, even though I meant to. There's a couple things I just... There's so many looking. Some just slipped through the cracks. This was one of them. Stranger Things, such a good show. I'm a fan of all three seasons. I am one of the people who actually think season three is the best one. Um, or maybe not best. It's my favorite. Season one is mm-hmm. hard to beat as far as what it does. And, and it sets the tone. It's the creepiest. But season three, I felt like it really paid homage to a lot of 80s content it was very fun and like almost kind of goonies vibe a a lot of a lost boys vibe it just really blended a lot of fun 80s elements into one hodgepodge that worked really well i love the cast i think they're all really really talented young actors i can't wait to see them do more stuff i mean millie bobby brown's doing her thing finn wolfhard i still haven't seen ghostbusters afterlife i hear he's pretty good in it um and yeah it's just been fun watching them grow up I will say my only problem is the hype is just it's not as high as it would have been if this dropped like two years ago. It's just been so long that it's like these kids are a lot older now, but that does give them room to to move, progress the story like they are older in the story. They're they've moved on. They're in different places. What's going to go happen now? I'm very excited to see their next chapter. So I'm still hyped about it. I'm very glad you got that drafted. Michael, your thoughts? Again, this is a show I've never watched. Um, my kids binged all of it one, I think the one long weekend. Love it. So, and it's the kind of thing where like it, it was an end for them because I run a D and D game for them. So they were like, "Oh, you should, you should watch it. It's, it's super cool. It's one of those things that's like a little bit off my radar, mm-hmm. but um, I could easily see myself getting very, very into it if it, you know, if I just sit down and, and throw on like three or four episodes." So don't pick. It's it's the kind of thing where like yeah, it's been off the it's been off the radar for a while. But I think it's the type of thing that like if they handle it how Harry Potter handled the aging of the characters, if they don't try to treat them like they're twelve or thirteen, and then like they're no, oh, they're like seventeen now. Like yeah. this is some different stuff. I think they could really hit it out of the park. I like that. I like that you mentioned that because that's kind of happening in Ozark right now. Oh, okay. Our boy Jonah is supposed to be like 14, but the kid's like 18 now. He's like, this kid's 
kid's like is an adult now. Um, <laughs> Kyle, your I mean, uh, Kyle, your thoughts? Yeah, I. It's funny we keep talking about like oh, it feels like it was so long ago because I was just looking up when it when season three was. It really wasn't. I mean, it was July fourth, twenty nineteen, which is a bit ago. But I was like, oh yeah, it was a whole COVID ago. Like that's why it feels like it was an eternity <laughs> ago. True. You know, um, it's just like. Yeah, I remember watching it now and being like, yeah, life was so different. Um, but yeah, this was probably the first Netflix original series that I watched. I think it was this or Daredevil. Um, and I remember I was so resistant to it at first. Like I, I think I was sick like the week it came out. So I just binged all of season one. And I was like, I like this. But it was one of those things where because of when it came out, it was like in 2016. And we were getting like very pummeled with like the 80s nostalgia content. Right. Like and I was just like. A lot of it feels really forced and ham-fisted, but I think Stranger Things does it really well. It doesn't feel like a ripoff. It feels like very much like an homage to Spielberg and to Stephen King and to John Carpenter and like all of these great 80s voices in a way that's not annoying. It's like a very much a love letter, letter to that stuff. Um, I agree. I like all three seasons. Probably, yeah, season two, less so, but I think I'm with you, Damon. I think season three is the most interesting season. Um, yeah, I. it's one of those things where like I hear a lot about season four first of all i think it's funny but also the right choice that they decided not to be ambiguous whatsoever about hopper <laughs> they were just like y'all don't believe he's dead <laughs> uh which i think was the right choice because like yeah it's the same thing as like the i won't i guess i, don't, I guess everyone hasn't seen hawkeye but that thing at the end of hawkeye like no one thinks that actually happened so um yeah so that's the right choice i like that they've been building the marketing around like that soviet uh place that he is in and then like i'm curious like are we going to spend most of season four in russia or like i'm just i'm curious to see what they do they're at a very interesting point because season three felt like a good end to like the first part of this show so are they trying to do like three more seasons they do have the challenge of like not only are these kids getting older they're becoming like movie stars in their own right like finn wolfhard especially is in everything now so i don't think these kids i mean like it's a big show, but I don't think they're going to be as available for this show going forward. So this may be their last season. Like, I'm, I'm not sure what they do going forward, but I do. I love the cast. Like I love Winona Ryder. I think she's fantastic in the show. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've been a Steve fan for I mean, since day one, you know, like I've loved his redemption arc. Uh, so I'm curious about season four, but I'm glad it got mentioned because it was one of those things where I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. And that's just a testament to how much content we're getting this year. Because I was like, wow, you know, Stranger Things is going to be a thing again. And it feels like we haven't talked about it in forever. So I am I'm very excited about this. It's a great pick. Hell yeah. I mean, really, with it was one of the first big Netflix shows that really made Netflix a, a viable competitor. Mm -hmm. So. Just for yeah, that, it was, like, um, it was like House of Cards, Daredevil, and then Stranger Things. And yep. Orange is the New Black was the other one too. Orange is That's the New Black. Yeah, the other forget one that was huge. Yeah. That show was was good until it wasn't. I I enjoyed every season. Yeah, another another one of those ones where like, and maybe Netflix will get better at this, right? Maybe it only needs four seasons. Maybe it only needs two seasons or what have you. Um, and then find the next thing. And I think they've gotten that down. Um, mm -hmm. so like maybe, maybe they'll figure out how to like say goodbye to Stranger Things and we'll always have the fun. I get, I, I, I really think the Game of Thrones lesson here is like, yo, you don't, you, you don't want to fumble the bag. Yeah. Yep. Very true. Very, very true. All right. Uh, on to another show with a lot of promise. Um, this is a season three. 
it's, it's kind of a theme. It's kind of almost so far. I, at least for me, this is another season three for me. This this does not have a confirmation date, but everything I've looked at, it says this should be coming out in 2022. So if it doesn't, then we can retroactively take it away from my board. I'm fine <laughs> with that. But it's worthy, worthy of a draft pick. And I'm talking about Harley Quinn. Yes. Yes. Okay. Have you all seen Harley Quinn? No? Nope. Tanya? I have not. Okay. So, I mean... You know, your mileage may vary on Harley Quinn or DC or and all that, you know. I was like, I like Harley Quinn a lot. I'm I'm a big fan, and I fell in love with Margot Robbie's uh, interpretation. I really enjoy her. I may be the biggest Birds of Prey fan, or at least one of them. I adore that movie. I really, really do. Um, I loved her in Suicide Squad. I, I just like the Harley Quinn character. I just recently also finished Batman the Animated Series for the first time. And that's, you know, that's the introduction to her. And I loved all of her her storylines in that. That was a lot of fun, a lot of progression and evolution. It's just a really deep character that you can have a lot of fun with. Um, and the show, this animated show, guys, if y'all ever watch it, is so batshit, okay? They just don't give a fuck. It's so... <laughs> it's... Batshit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, um. Batman's in it. Everyone's in this show. Like, and anyone can keep showing up in the show. Like, they don't care. They and they will poke fun at every single character. It's a satire while also being a show about Harley Quinn. Yeah. It's it's almost like a Deadpool type kind of show, but I don't want to say that because it really undersells it. it. It's its own kind of thing. Uh, Kaylee Cuoco does an amazing job voicing Harley Quinn. Lake Bell is Poison Ivy. Their chemistry is off the charts, and they really drive the show um, along with their little supervillain clique, okay? They got Ron Funches as King Shark, who's hilarious. Alan Tudyk is Clayface, just this Shakespearean actor, Clayface. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, you got J.B. Smoove as a, was it Frank the Plant? Frank the Plant, yep. Frank the Plant. <laughs> Jason Alexander is a, was it, what's his name? Psycho. Psycho? Yeah. Um, it's just it's absurd like literally the second season you end up seeing dark side and and like themisera you see everybody and it's just so fun it's absurd there's a character named kite man who <laughs> you end up rooting for it it sounds weird it's a dude in a kite that's yeah and he just flies around in a kite it it's funner than it sounds but where i love this show it just it doesn't care that it's literally talking about like these super reverent popular characters it makes bane into a suit into a himbo and it's hilarious he's my favorite character in the entire show um (laughs) that's what he sounds like he's just like the the butt of like he's you know like they have the super villain crew and they're always doing plans and they just always kind of like bag and rag on a bane and it's just it's great um i really am excited to see what they do with season three so that that's my pick um how does that sound to you, Michael? Something that you'd give a shot? So here's the when you, all these things that you're saying, it's like, you know what? You might scoff at it. And then I remember really caring about what happened to Polka Dot Man in yep. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, it, this is, again, like you guys are kind of like ex, kind of exposing me, like my bona fides is like a nerd. Um, <laughs> it, it's a show that I've heard a whole lot about. I've heard a whole lot about the chemistry with, with, with you know, like Bell and, and Katie Quoco. Cu- Cuoco? Cuoco. Cuoco. I'm sorry. I 
I, I apologize to her and her whole family. Um, <laughs> I've heard so much about this, how much fun King Shark is. And it's like, I actually, I got time for both Suicide Squad movies. I don't know why I haven't watched this. You're making a good, a good, a good case to again, like maybe, maybe I should stop doing, doing some of the stuff I'm doing and start watching more of these shows. <laughs> yes, Chitanya, uh, are you sold, or do you need it's... need some more talk? <laughs> it's definitely one of those where I've heard like almost an infinite barrage of positivity about the show, and that's like in the nicest way possible, and. I think I saw this last year where streaming services are becoming more expensive than cable. And that's like the whole equation for me. Like when it first came out, I think it was on a completely different, I was like DC all access or something. And Mm -hmm. then it moved over to HBO max. It's like the confusion. And then just figure out what streaming services I want, which ones I'm watching. And for some reason, Harley Quinn gets lost in the shuffle because it's definitely one that was very much up my alley, kind of like the comedic sensibilities, the satire, the chemistry has been mentioned a lot here. And I definitely think I'm going to have to check it out. Yes. Good, good, good stuff to hear. It's a great point, too, though. Like, I, like I, I literally, like, I just added Peacock mm. to watch the football games, and then I just added Apple TV Plus to watch... Uh, Macbeth. So, like, there's a point at which, like, hold on a second, guys. Like, we're, this is not like I'm ninety dollars. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I still can't watch Abbott Elementary because it's on, you know, whatever. You know, what I'm saying, like, <laughs> it, it, it's like, it's a, it's a good point on, like, you know, where is our time? Not only our time, but our, where's our money spent? Um, getting all of these things, and again, like, the how these things got divvied up. Um, you know, again, it would, it would I, I don't know, like, uh, Amazon got Lord of the Rings, right? Uh. It, uh, Netflix has The Witcher, and it's like you need both of them because if you're a fan of this kind of stuff, you need to watch both of them. So, yeah, yep, that's it's always going to be the problem being the consumer is nothing is ever going to be easy for us, it's not all going to be on one thing and it's not going to be affordable, it's always going to end up being expensive, it's always going to be spread out because they're always going to try to make money, they're yeah. always going to, no matter what. And then at the end of the day, that's going to hurt us, and we're going to have to put our foot down and create something else. And and then that's going to take over streaming. It's just going to keep on going. Uh, I don't know what's going to take over streaming, though. That, that'll be a while. TikTok. It's going to be TikTok. Yes. Please, God, Every, no. Everything on TikTok. TikTok originals. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, okay, let's move on from that. Um, Kyle, are you, you're a fan, of course. Yeah, and I was like, so Jatania, I was kind of like you, where I just like it. It was never something that it was easily accessible for me. And I just, yeah, I just didn't watch it for the longest time. And then have recently, I, so I, the first time I saw it was I was with friends of the pod, Nick and Leah, and we got stupid high and watched the first two episodes, which is like a great way to watch this show. Cause it's just so funny and just like a very light show. Um, yeah, it's just very fun. And again, like as a huge DC fan, it's so fun to watch like, I just like I hate seeing the way some of these characters are represented in movies. And so the way that they're played, it it is a satire. So they're made fun of in this show, but not in a way where like the creators are just discrediting why they're such good characters. It's just like, no, they're ridiculous for a reason. Like Kite Man, really? (laughs) Like it just points out how stupid a concept that is, but he's still a really fun character and you actually do like care about him. Um, And yeah, like I, I remember a long time ago before, um, 
Suicide Squad, the first one announced who was playing Harley. Everyone and their mother wanted not Kaylee, but Melissa Roch from Big Bang Theory to play her. They thought the voice was perfect, you know, Bernadette. They thought the look was great. And I remember being that guy. I was like, no, Kaylee. Like, Kaylee is the one to play her. And, you know, we got Margot Robbie. And, of course, you know, I, I love Margot. I think she's fantastic. So I love her playing live-action Harley. And then, yeah, we they announced that Kaylee was voicing her in the show. And was like, I told you. I fucking told you guys. It's going to be her. And she just knocks it out of the park. She just makes you care about the character so quickly. I mean, I remember the first episode. The first episode is a great pilot, by the way. It's a great way to set up, like, why you want to care about this character. And immediately, you're just, like, in love with her. She's just the best. Um, you mentioned Alan Tudyk, who I love, like, the nerd king. Not only Clayface, he pulls double duty. He's also a great Joker, which That's I love right. the way this show explores what is one of the more complex relationships in DC, which is the Harley and Joker relationship. Very problematic, and I think that the movies have failed with that. Um, even Batman the Animated Series has failed with it at certain points. But the way this show explores their dynamic is really great, and it's a really great portrayal of the Joker. Because we get, he's almost like Batman, where we get so much of the Joker. Um, but he he's done so well in this because it points out how much of a piece of shit he is and not even like in an interesting way. He's just like a pathetic, like toxic man. And like, it just points that out. Like, cause it's clearly written from Harley, Harley's female perspective. So points out how much of a joke he is ah, a joke. Uh, but like, it's just such a, yeah, it's, it's just a very, very sharp, witty satire, which we definitely need more of in the superhero genre. Like I love the Deadpool movies, but I, I want more, like self-aware fourth wall breaking type of content in this because this is really ridiculous shit like i want people to point out how ridiculous it is that you know like iron man and captain america got in a big fight over iron man's mom and dad you know like i just want to see justifiable i get it but like you know i just want to see people like point out how stupid some of this stuff is because that's why i love it it's just ridiculous comic book shit so that's why harley quinn is great it's a great pick. Oh, yeah. all right well i hope y'all watch it uh, I'm super excited, and that means we're going to move along to the next pick. But before we do, we'll take one more break. This episode of Planet Fantasy is brought to you by... The... Oh. I'm so fucking scared. All right, and we're back. Let's keep on rolling. Michael, you're the last pick of the third round. What you got? So... Um, yeah, I'm really torn because there's a lot of stuff on the board that I really care about. Um, I've talked about two TV shows so far. My first two picks were, were Atlanta and House of the Dragon. Um, and I've, I've got to show a little bit of love to, to cinema. And I'm going to go probably a little bit off the beaten path here. And I'm going to go with Nope, the Jordan Peele yes. movie. Sorry, I got really It's going to come out this year. And you know what? We talk a lot. We've talked a lot. I've touched on this here. You know, like, you know, I, I just want to go in blind. <laughs> That's all you can do. Because <laughs> there ain't nothing else. Nothing. There, nothing there is a cast nope. list. And there is literally there is literally the overview of this. An American horror film written, directed, and produced by Jordan Peele. That's it. You ain't got nothing else. Daniel Kaluuya's in it. Steve Yeun's in it. Kiki Palmer's in it. I, I'm there. I got season tickets to, to whatever Jordan Peele does. Um, and I wasn't even someone that was super into Key and Peele. Um, until yeah, I was retroactively, I was like, oh, this is like really, really cool. But give it to me right now. Couldn't couldn't care less. And there's there's not much else. There's I, I don't have any reason other than 
I trust this dude to put out some quality and it's going to be worth talking about. And I want to see it. I want to see, I, I want to like ditch work. Here. I want to be like, uh, uh, <laughs> and go see the 10 o'clock showing. Yes. So that's mine. I'm so excited that you picked this. This was on my board. And like you said, it it's one where the less I know, the better because Jordan Pills movies are so they're psychological thrillers or so uh, socio political thrillers. So like, I don't want to know that going in. I'm gonna be like, oh, this is what it's about. Oh wow, and just be just experience it because that was the only problem I had with Get Out and Us was I did not see them quickly enough, mm-hmm. and so like the buildup was so huge mm-hmm. uh, for Get Out and like the divisiveness. Like the Us was very polarizing. You were really like, mm-hmm. yeah, I really liked that. People were like, ah, that was that was lame. Like I didn't like that at all. I ended up really enjoying it. Um, but like I, you know, I had those built-in expectations where this I just want to go in and experience it. Definitely in the movie theater. Um, Jordan Pill, I he's definitely one of the new voices of horror, which I think we needed. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he does with this one. Like, I don't even know what to guess. Like the the tra- the the poster is like a big cloud, so maybe post-apocalyptic, maybe like some sort of disaster movie. I don't know. That either one would be cool. Anything he wants to do. Like you said, I'm down. Like I'm, I'm already on the list. Sign me up. Uh, Chitanya, are you excited? Here's the thing with Jordan Peele. I'm incredibly impressed by everything he does, but I'm one of those people where horror just doesn't work for me in theaters. Like I mentioned, how Stranger Things, like the vibe was surpassed by the uh, characters and the storytelling, but. I don't know if I would have stuck with it if it was a feature film just because the creepiness and the horror elements never have worked for me. And so friend of the pod, Sarah knows this. She's kind of in the same boat as me as well, where horror, it's like, I'll find out about it. I'll look into it. I'll watch (laughs) it on streaming, but I'm not going into the theater to watch this. So love Jordan Peele, loved, loved his key and Peele stuff. Some of the sketches are so witty and clever and reflective of society. So much of his previous movie stuff with Get Out and Us, which I found out after the fact, really impressive and kind of skilled filmmaking. But I just can't do it in theaters. That's fair. That's very fair. We all have our own own things. Kyle, you excited? Oh yeah, I just to, I mean you guys have already said it, but I, I don't want to know a single thing. I think if they do when they when they do release the trailer, I'm gonna try my best to just not watch it because I really I want to. I remember like being in the theater for Get Out and not knowing a single thing and just being blown away by that movie. Like I I have it on Blu-ray and still watch it like all the time, and it's just such a refreshing horror experience. I'm not the biggest fan of us, but I still love what he tries to do with it, and I I, I love Jordan Peele. Like I I remember watching key and peel and being like like this guy like some of these sketches feel like episodes of the twilight zone and that's what get out is like get out is just an episode of the twilight zone and one of the best ones like that's and then of course you know he did his remake of the twilight zone which i have issues with because that's one of my favorite shows of all time but like if anyone was going to do it obviously it has to be jordan peel because that's what the, that's what key and peel is at some at some point you know um yeah and i so i just I'm really excited for it. I, I love that Daniel is back because I love seeing him in movies. And I love, I mean, he's had a really good career since Get Out, but it's it's fun that he's getting back to the thing that really made him a star. Um, and then, of, 
I mean, I love Steven Yoon. He's just like collecting his infinity gauntlets at this point with all of his IPs and, and different genres he's doing. I mean, he's just killing it right now. Um, so yeah, it's, it comes out in July. And so I hope like, cause I am terrible about saying I'm not going to watch the trailer and then everyone talks about the trailer and I give in and watch it. So I like, I'm going to hold, I'm going to have all you, th- all three of you like hold me to this and anyone listening at home, like when it comes out, Tell me not to watch it because I, I want to go into this movie knowing nothing. I just seeing that poster and not knowing a single fucking thing about this this movie because that's that's kind of like the optimum experience. Um, so as as soon as it the trailer drops and the like, oh hey, it's got a really cool remix of this song. I'm like, okay, I gotta look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was the, every single time. So it was far. us. What was it? Five on it and us. Five on it. What, what's and then like they did it with Moon Knight too, where they have Day and Night, the Kid Cudi song, and yes. it's like that's the thing that is the the siren call that will get me in, to watch this damn trailer. It's like, yo, did you? It's this root song, and I'm like, oh well, I'm in. Okay. Yep, exactly. Bro. That's how they'll get us. Jordan Peele knows. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's uh that's that's my first pick, and my second pick, um, and you know this would have been cool if you guys hadn't forecasted this a bit, but you guys know who I am. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and cheat. Cause I don't give a fuck. My fourth pick is a combination of the Bullet Ten Year coming out this year, the Bullet uh, Bourbon, and Cigar <laughs> Toro Fuente Anejo cigars that are coming out this year. The Anejo line has been been awesome for um for Toro Fuente. That is, I mean, like there's all kinds of like different cigar lines that you can you can go for. Arturo Fuente is the is the one that I consistently have found the most things that I like in there. Um, for like, you know, like I subscribe to like a, this is a local cigar spot where I live, um, that has like a members only lounge that you can go and hang out, you know, and it's, it's a 24 hour thing. So I can go at the end of the day and relax and, you know, bring a book or just scroll through my phone, just scroll through TikTok and have a cigar. And, um, bullet is one of those bourbons that I've come back around on, you know, it's not super sweet. Um, yeah. you know, like a four roses, um, it's not something like a makers that everyone knows, um, it, it is pretty spicy and it's it, it's it's kind of strong and spicy. And so it's not something that um, I really enjoyed until I started smoking cigars. And this is one that I really want that combination of, you know, the, 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 the cask finished cigars with this really kind of strong kind of full body bourbon um, that I'm going to want to just sit. You know, you're not going to want to sit there and drink, you know, go through half of a bottle at once you're going to want to really pour you know two fingers and and have it neat and sit down and just kind of enjoy the the whole experience and so i, I it's two things at once i don't care y'all can penalize me if you want but um if, if there's anything that i'm looking forward to is obviously there's stuff with my kids there's, there's stuff that i want to then watch but if there's something that i'm going to actually partake in and, and and you know like kyle you mentioned this like my my favorite musical groups um aren't putting the roots aren't putting out music right now right? right um i don't know if kendrick has anything coming this year and if he does it's probably not going to announce it so i'm not going to know until it happens yeah but this is the <laughs> thing better. that i'm really looking forward to yeah did you hear about the the movie he's going to do with matt and trey from south park i am i i am not super <laughs> excited about that what <laughs> that sounds like it's that weird. sounds like that can go really, really bad, like really bad. six different ways. Yeah. Really so bad. So I'm not I'm not sure. Now, again, these are guys that have been in the culture for a long time and have not had any problems. There's a lot of people that are problematic and have had, you know, been called on the carpet for that. And rightly so. And they haven't been. They've been sticking it to everybody for 20 years. Mm-hmm. But I, 
don't, I don't know. <laughs> Name it, Chief. <laughs> okay. Um, I hope Kendrick puts out an album this year. I, it's been too long. Damn was like amazing. I love that album. Um, all right. So it's the Bullet Bourbon. Is that a new like a new bourbon that's coming out this year? No, bullet, bullet bullets a bullets a, a, a line, and they have different ones, and they have you know they have a rye, and they have a cast strength, and everything else. But the ten year is supposed to be the really good one, and you know every every year is a tenth year from you know whenever, depending on how long they age, they start <laughs> gotcha. aging, um, everything. Uh, and different, you know, different bourbons are aged for different lengths of time. I think the standard for the Russell's six years and everything. Um, but the the Bullet ten year is supposed to be very very good this year. Okay, well I will have to try. Maybe not the ten year, but I do want to try the Bullet. That sounds tasty. You love me a good bourbon. Um, that is the most Michael pick yet, and I love it. <laughs> Got to do it. That finishes finishes out an amazing board. Very strong. <laughs> um, and then let's let's keep on moving to my last pick, y'all. Um, well, let's see. I, I wanted Atlanta. That was definitely in my top four. I'm not getting that. So let's move on to the next one. It's another superhero pick. Um, another one on the more the satirical side. I'm talking about the boys, the boys. season three. Yep. Um, the boys is just, it, you, you think when season one came out, I was just kind of like, they're doing this. Okay. They, they're going for it. Billy Butch Billy is just like this godforsaken asshole cunt. Like like wow, I hate him, but also I love him because he's just he's taking it to these these superheroes who are you know taking advantage of everything. He's helping out Huey, my boy Huey. I love Huey. Um, a lot of people don't, but I think he's a great talented actor. I just love that whole group. Okay, like I love the boys, Mother's Milk, Frenchie. I love them and every little storyline that they get. And I just want to see more from them. I love the seven. Homelander is insane. <laughs> Homelander is just chaotic. I want to see him break and just lose it. Will that happen this season? I don't know. But I just I want to see how far we can get. Like I want to see what happens with Starlight. I want to see just what happens next. We're getting Jensen Ackles as Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. Very excited to see him be a super asshole. And where that goes. This is just like this is an IP that I don't know anything about. You know, it's a comic book series. It's got a lot of history. But other than that, they could take it anywhere they want. And so far, it's been super brutal, (laughs) super over the top. Like when they blew up the whale. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Like he was just like traumatized. He was just sitting there. He was like, uh, uh, just like that's just what they do to the show. It's like how like. How much can we fuck up this kid? Like, we're going to have A-Train run into his girlfriend in the first episode. Then we're going to do this to him. We're going to do that to him. It's just, poor kid. Um, That last episode of season two, I thought was so fun. It's really great showdown between everybody. Um, I thought Stormfront was a really great antagonist. Hated her, which was exactly what they wanted. Um <laughs> Season three is just like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I love that. I love the unpredictability. It's almost like the downfall, the, the con of the MCU and stuff like that. It's like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we know what could happen. We know a lot of possibilities. Yeah. We have trailers. We have expectations. The boys, just do whatever. Just make it fun. Make it brutal. Have Billy call someone a cunt, and we're good. Um, <laughs> sign me up. Titania, your thoughts? I totally agree about 
the boys. It's definitely one of my favorite things on television. Um, controversial take. I think that uh, kind of pushing the edges of like what's appropriate, quote unquote, for TV isn't where the show shines the most. Like there's plenty of crazy stuff. There's plenty of gratuitous violence and insanity. And what really stuck out, especially as we got into season two, is kind of the political, societal, corporate elements that really became so much more prevalent in the show. And if anything of where we might be going, I would like to see a lot more chaos on the corporate side. Because it seems like Vought has kind of their tentacles everywhere. Like, we don't know who's bought by them, who they control. And that's that was what really shocked me throughout the whole season. So even though there's a lot of, like, visual stuff and there's a lot of kind of, kind of superfluous insanity, the story really makes this show next level for me. It's a really good pick. I appreciate that. I love that you said that because it, it's nothing – for all that that absurdity if it doesn't work and it's not something that i want to keep watching but i'm totally invested like i want to find out what happens like i said i love huey and i want to see him succeed and be safe so michael your thoughts i i couldn't echo what tiny said anymore i mean i i i think um it's weird how homelander seemed so out of left field and every single yeah. day it feels more and more like whelp. <laughs> um, and I'll kind of just, I'll just leave it at that. But you're right. I think the, you, you hit on the secret sauce here and, and every one of these shows that, and these, you know, these properties that's successful has that secret sauce, you know, Marvel captured right in on the, the kind of jokiness that I'm going to be a little bit ahead of it. And we're going to call Hawkeye Legolas and the Avengers. They, they did that. They got ahead of it before anybody else could. Yeah. Um, and that's this show's secret sauce is the socio-political and um, the kind of corporate machinations that we we know. This, I mean, like I, I distinctly know happen um, from you know what my life used to be in the military and from what I know that my life is now in in you know corporate sales. Um, and that's the grounding that really makes all the rest of the stuff work. You really hit on it, Chitani. Dig it, Kyle. You a fan? Oh yeah, I. It's one of those things where it's like, this show and Invincible were two shows that impressed me so much that I didn't want to read the comics. Not because like I want to read them after the shows are finished because I really don't want to know what's coming next. Unfortunately, I've had a couple assholes spoil like really big things in the boys for me. Now again, that's not a guarantee that those things ever happen to the show. They're really big plot things, so they probably will, and I'm very pissed about it. But. I can't be like, I'm still excited about the show. So like I, I, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a great like deconstruction of superheroes while still being a good superhero story, which is really difficult to do. Like it's, it manages to excel at both things at the same time. Um, and I've enjoyed, like, it's become a bit of a, uh, almost like a subgenre at this point, but like the, the, deconstruction of especially like the superman archetype i mean we have invincible we have the boys we had jupiter's legacy we have you know the eternals like it, all of these different like takes on the superman archetype i think homelander is clearly like the the most striking one like it was it's the most shocking one and it, it just like i just think that like it's weird because i i was talking to 
my buddy Richard about it the other day, and it's like it's such a like over the top show. And then there's moments where it's like, Jesus, this is like Emmy worthy acting and like incredible shit happening. You know, like Anthony Starr, I don't know how he hasn't been nominated because he's so fucking vile as Homelander. Like I, I remember watching the show. I don't know what episode it is in season one, but it's pretty early. It's like episode three when he shows up on the plane and you yep. get the real like the first real like look at how much of a monster he can be. And it's like 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 chill inducing stuff. I mean, it's really good. But yeah, I mean, I love I love him. I agree. I love Huey. I mean, we you the show needs that with as much gratuitous over the top nonsense and violence and all of that. You need a Huey to ground everything. And he is such a like one of my favorite scenes is like the really quiet hospital scene when he's in the hospital bed and Annie and Billy are talking about how like he is so much better than both of them. And like, you know, they don't deserve a good person like him in their life. Like that is the that is the heart of the show right there is how much of a, a Hufflepuff he is. <laughs> um, so and I love Jack Quaid. Like I, I really want to go see the, you know, the new Scream movie. I, I hear he's really great in it. So like I yeah, I, I think the cast is all just really, really great. They work really well together. It's nice seeing uh fuck, what's his name? Chase Crawford in something again. <laughs> like he used to be such a big name and he's hilarious as the deep. Um yeah, I'm I'm so into this show and I'm glad it got drafted. What what did they call Huey in season two? Their canary or what was what was it? Not canary um Oh God. I cannot remember. It's been a minute. Um something yeah. like that. Yeah. But yeah, well, I'm glad I got it picked. That finishes my board, guys. One Spider-Man movie in three season threes. <laughs> um, now on to Chitanya's last pick. What you got? I'm pretty happy that this one's still on the board. Um, I started with MCU anxiety and... I'm very happy I can end it with more MCU anxiety because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with um, a follow-up to a wild third movie in a trilogy, which was Thor Ragnarok. I'm going with Thor Love and Thunder mm -hmm. for so many reasons. Um, I'm not one of the biggest fans of Thor Ragnarok. I thought it was really good. It felt like we needed like a movie or a show in between Age of Ultron and the previous events that this MCU Thor had to get to Ragnarok. It felt like we really jumped from Shakespearean kind of serious Thor to insane off the walls, humorous, like Looney Tunes Thor. And it's a little more nuanced than that, but I wasn't the biggest fan of Ragnarok, but it did a lot well. It really set up the Infinity War Endgame arcs for Thor. And I will say that Love and Thunder has so much to handle. It has so many different arcs that they're tackling. It's not like we're telling one story. So MCU Anxiety is in full force here, maybe mm -hmm. even more than uh, Multiverse of Madness because you've got the God Butcher, you've got... Um, Lady Thor, you've got um, Jane taking on that incredible arc. Um, I I can't even really see how they pull it off, which means that if they do, this might be one of the best MCU movies ever because of the cast, because of kind of, we know where Taika likes to go with stories. We know that he likes the funny. He likes the jokes. He likes the kind of irreverent take on 
this character, but the stories we're tackling are so serious. So how he reconciles that, I'll be very interested to see. And if he pulls it off, I'm, I'll be happy to be their opening night as many times as it deserves. Oh, Damon's waiting for a train. Sorry. Yes, the train had to go for all and by. I love that that damn train. It's <laughs> a train that will take you far away. You don't know where this train's gonna take you. <laughs> ah. Um I am very excited that another MCU one got picked. Kyle, are you excited? Uh I am just wildly curious about this movie. <laughs> just as you were like listing all the things that it has going on, it, there's also even like the, the Guardians. Like, how are they going to factor into it? Like, are we going to get more Valkyrie? You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, I. So I also, I'm not a big fan of Ragnarok. I like some of the things it does, but I agree. I think there were a couple steps that we should have gotten before that movie. Um, but this phase has clearly been amongst many multiverse things it's been the passing of the torch from the original avengers to like the new you know we get uh like falcon the winter soldier gives us the new captain america and we have um the new hawkeye and we like have the new kind of core avengers so obviously we're going to maybe get that with this with thor handing it off to jane um but thor is just such an interesting character who like I don't think he was like anyone's favorite in 2011 or 2012 or even in like 2015. Like he was always just kind of there. And then I think the shift happened with Ragnarok, but especially I remember Infinity War happened and I I saw that and I was like, holy shit, Thor is incredible in this movie. (laughs) Like he has he has an arc in that movie that I think he should have had since 2011. Like he's just so hellbent on like revenge with Thanos and just like, I don't know, just the way he's written in that movie is incredible. So like since 2018, I've been so much more interested in the character and I'm just curious. It's just weird because, like, we have – it's it's going to be interesting to see what could possibly be the first Thor movie that doesn't – like, that Loki doesn't steal the show because now he has his own, he has his own Disney Plus series. Like, it, yep. it's going to be weird if we, like, don't get a Loki in a Thor movie, which is – it feels wrong, but I'm okay with it because, you know, like, let him do his thing with his show. Um yeah, so I'm just they have a lot to juggle. They have a lot of plot points to to handle, but you're right, Jaitanya. If they pull it off, it could definitely be in the conversation for like best uh MCU movie, which I've never said about a Thor movie. So like that's you know, it's it's a new thing. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm into it. Like I, I'm almost excited for Chris Hemsworth to be done, which is not like I don't no shots at all, but like you can tell he is ready to do other things. He tried to do his Netflix, you know, action movie and like, he's ready to move on and like do other things. And so like, I'm curious to see if this is really like a, a final thing for him or if he might stick around as a bit of a supporting character. Um, but either way, I mean, casting Christian Bale as Gore is just fucking like that's inspired casting. So if anything, I'm into that. <laughs> I liked extraction and it is getting a sequel. Just, yeah, I was, was yeah. going to say, like, like yeah. first off, you're going to put some respect on Tyler. Oh, I was name. saying that's a good thing. I want to see more Netflix action movies from him. <laughs> that one was dope. Uh, Michael, you excited for Thor Love and Thunder? I, I am, and I think, Kyle, you kind of hit on the secret sauce about why I think it's going to work. And I understand just telling you, like, there's 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 a lot of things that it's got to do. But there is a Loki-sized hole in this movie, and that is why everything, I think, is going to work. They separated Loki from Thor, and we got that and how well that works with him in his own universe 
with like the legacy because those two characters are are like inextricably linked and loki acknowledges that and then fills that thor role with other things things mm-hmm. we didn't think we we wanted or needed or, or even knew that we would like in that way um and so i i do see love and thunder filling that loki size scene stealing you know hole that, that that exists in kind of the narrative the, the narratives that we know about thor um probably with the guardians probably with drax probably with a little bit of star lord right and then you've got this whole um this whole cast of characters that you really can weave together thor thor really didn't have a whole bunch of i mean we're talking about this with doctor strange right doctor strange has mordo and christine and now we got you know scarlet witch coming in and america chavez they they we kind of know some of the things they're playing with and i think it'll be very fun if they can get a little bit of fun out of christian bale right i, I think he got he got famous for acknowledging the absolute nonsense in uh american psycho right <laughs> he was like in on the joke and that's why he could play it so 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 well yeah um so maybe letting a guy who's been so self-serious and, where are they and you know letting him play the god gore the god butcher <laughs> yeah i'm here for that i'm here for it um i think this is going to be the best MCU rom-com ever made. Good point. And I mean, Ant-Man and the Wasp is right there. Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp is good, but I think this, like, if done right, is going to be better and just more epic. Academy Award winner Natalie Portman has a couple of things she'd like to say to you about <laughs> hey. whether she can bring the rom, the romance and the comedy. <laughs> um, I do like Evangeline Lilly, but yeah, Natalie Portman, I think she can do more and obviously they're giving her more to do. Like she is going oh, yeah. to be for Yeah. So like, she's amazing. I love Natalie Portman. And then that Chris Hemsworth is like at this level, this next level where he's so comfortable in what he does. He's very confident. His humor is on point. He's with the guardians again and their chemistry was off the charts. And aside from like the fact that we know lady Thor happens and, and we get gore, what happens? I have no idea. And I'm very excited for that. There's a lot of moving pieces. Does this like connect to anything that happens before it? Like, does this even mention multiverse madness or is this all up in space happening galaxies away? I don't know. I am excited for it. Um, especially like y'all said, because the Thor that we know now, like this is after infinity war and in game, like he's gone through so much. He's getting a fourth movie. He's the first one. Yeah. We did not get an Iron Man yeah. four. That's true. Uh, no Captain America 4. We're getting a Thor 4. I did not see that happening. And we've been with him the longest now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess him and Hawkeye, technically. Right. Uh, same, well, same, they, same movie. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, same and movie. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's a passing of the torch necessarily either. I don't think it's up in, it, it's written in stone that we're going to have a Sam Wilson type passing of the torch in this movie. Right. It's very much a possibility that this could be like the elder statesman of the MCU just in, by nature of his immortality. Yeah. I like that you said that elder statesman, because I think this is what Thor ends up becoming. He's, this is where he starts moving into a different role than what he was like the warrior and stuff. I think maybe he starts looking out for people in space. Like maybe he becomes like a protector or something like that. Like him and the guardians just go and like help people out and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm very excited to see what it happens. Um, 
I don't think it's going to fail. It could definitely be one that maybe hits some wrong notes like Ragnarok while still being really, really fun. Um, and I mean, that's a lot of people's favorite or top five. So right. that's not a bad thing at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just really intrigued to see how gore is going to look like. I'm very, very excited for that one. Um, but yeah, Thor, Love and Thunder. Very good picture, Tanya. Great rounding out the board. And that means we have one more pick and one more break. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all. And we're back with one more pick in this awesome, super hype draft. Kyle, what's it going to be? I'm very torn. Uh... <laughs> I think I've satisfied that like that urge that I have every week to go off the beaten path and not pick an IP, you know, with like uh, the Northman and kind of with Barry. So there's one big movie that I kind of want to pick just to be like very unbranded and annoying, but I won't. It'll be in the honorable mentions. Um, very torn, though. I'm torn between two pro- uh, two things in the same universe that I think are both happening this year. And instead of getting mad about it and, and doubting myself, I'm just going to let my, my friend... Uh, tell you what I'm drafting. <laughs> it's Kenobi. It's uh, yeah. I, I got to go with Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I this is going to sound very boomer, but I am very excited for something that's not going to be more than one season. Um, <laughs> I like miniseries and I like open and closed stories, but I, so Obi-Wan Kenobi obviously is like one of the best Star Wars characters. He's one we've known. We we're just talking about Thor. We've known the longest. We've known Obi-Wan Kenobi since the very beginning. Like we've known this character for so long. Um, and the fact that people are still so excited about things that he's involved in, is just a testament to like the legacy of that character. But Ewan McGregor as Kenobi is one of those things like there's things in certain franchises that I've like never met someone who wasn't a fan of that take. You know what I mean? Like people obviously have so many problems with the prequels. I don't think I've met a single person who doesn't like Ewan McGregor as as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like he just seems to be such a fan favorite. And so the fact that he's getting his own, you know, series is so exciting. And the fact that, you know, Deborah Chow is involved, who did a lot of the best stuff in The Mandalorian um the cast looks really interesting obviously we're getting hayden back which i was on the fence about because it's like well he's in the suit so like why does it matter but clearly that means we're getting some you know like some visions or like something involving hayden which is cool i like that idea um and yeah i just i like the idea of this open and closed maybe mini series like 10 episode i don't know if that's what they're doing but like this this open and closed thing about that time when he was basically just protecting and watching over Luke. I mean, we've gotten glimpses at it with, uh, you know, like his really, really great uh, Legends novel that John Jackson Miller wrote. You've got his episode of Rebels, which is, you know, Twin Sons, which I just pulled the clip from, like with uh, with Maul. Like you've got some glimpses at what his life was like, but I, I'm just really curious to see where they go with it, like whether it's a more slow contemplative series or whether it's a lot of action, like him protecting baby Luke from like Tuscan Raiders or something. I mean, I think one thing the book of Boba Fett has done really well has is like kind of fleshed out the Tuscan Raiders and like given us a different take on them. So it's, it, we could see Kenobi doing something with that as well. But I just think that like, I'm curious to see what they do with it. I want to see more with like Satine, like flashbacks to, you know, like maybe like his first meeting with her would be really cool. I think that's one of my favorite like love stories in Star Wars is him and Satine. So 
they could really do whatever they wanted with it. It's just a character that I, I've loved for so long that I still get excited about seeing new content with him involved. So got to go with my boy Kenobi. I wish they would have named the series Maximum Kenobi. That's my only problem. <laughs> uh, Michael, your thoughts? I I had to pull it up on my uh, my phone again <laughs> because I you no know, because like I remember when they did like the 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 Twitter announcement of like everyone who's in this everybody that's listening to this I'm not even gonna read it. Do yourself a favor, go look up the cast of this show. Mm-hmm. I I wouldn't they th- these they could have an episode of Coco Melon with this shit and then I would watch it. <laughs> I'm telling you, like every single day, it's so cool. You're right. He's and and if you go back and you watch um, Phantom Menace, Ewan McGregor is a small baby child yeah. and he has aged like really well as like and, like carrying the weight of like a, you know a Jedi that went to war, mm-hmm. um, in a really dope way. This was not on my board. Um, interestingly enough, because I think I'm more excited about Andor, I, I really, really, really like what they pulled off in Rogue One, and so I'm more interested in that than this, but it's the type of thing where, like, yeah, I'm gonna watch every single, I'm gonna wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to watch every single episode, like, yeah. you can't tell me, like, and Ewan McGregor doesn't do a lot anymore, mm-hmm. so when he's chosen to come back and do something, it's, it's, I think it's really gonna work, and you hit on it too, I think, um, you know, letting some of these these older actors kind of get. I, I've I've loved what Tamira is doing as Boba Fett. Um, whether or not they're writing good lines for him to deliver or not, um, it, it's another thing. But like, yeah, bring Hayden back and let Hayden get a little shine because you know the, the, I think he got a lot of uh, undue hate for sure. the prequels. So yeah. I'm I'm ready for this. I'm all the way here. I think it's a really cool way to round out your board. Um, especially looking back at what you specifically pick. This is a cool way to round out what you got. I love it. Um, Obi-Wan was my favorite Star Wars character until Ahsoka showed up and was like, hey. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> They're super different, too. Those are the, you, you couldn't find two more different like Force-using non-evil yeah. people. Like, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting thing, thing I, about you, Damon. I love how different Jedis can be. I love the differing views. And just because, like, at the end of the day, they wanted a lot of the same things, but they wanted it differently. They looked at things differently. Um, yeah. And I love them both for it and for, the, for like, just how different they are. Like, I mean, Obi-Wan is, is the quintessential Jedi, you know. He was – we saw him constantly make decisions because – of him being a Jedi. Like we saw him say many times, like he would have gone with Duchess Satine, but he couldn't like, he was a Jedi. Like that was who he was. Um, while Ahsoka, we see her be like, I'm gone. I'm she jets. Like once she realizes they're not for there for her, like it's not what she thought it was. She forges her own path. And I just like both. I, I loved it. The differing paths while the, they stay true to who they are. And uh, I love Obi-Wan for that. Um, but the show, like, I don't know if we'll find anything new or like, like, I just want to know what we're getting out of this show and what's the purpose other than, yeah, we get to see Obi-Wan and, and Anakin again. Like, <laughs> that's that's more than enough. But are we getting anything meaty? I think I think if anything, it's going to be very emotional and I'm, I'm all here for it. That's it definitely didn't hit my board just because there's only so much it can do. But maybe maybe they're going to surprise us. Uh, Chitanya? I'm definitely invested in this Kenobi show. Um, 
I think partly because of stuff that happened uh, in canon novels. So uh, Claudia Gray's uh, Master and Apprentice was mm. incredible. It's such yeah. a great story with Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Kind of a really interesting take on a Master and Apprentice that you wouldn't really expect. But when we know who Qui-Gon was and who Obi-Wan Kenobi was, it makes perfect sense. And then I know that the last season of Clone Wars kind of messed up the events of the Ahsoka novel, but that type of storytelling really seems like something they could do here. Kind of someone out of a kind of formal institution as kind of legendary and a group that fucked up so much as the Jedi Order did. And what Obi-Wan goes to after the events on Mustafar. Really, we could have a lot of interesting stuff that comes out in this miniseries. Whether it moves the story forward, it almost doesn't matter. It's a sequel before a prequel. And it's stuck in the middle, in kind of a more narrow time period than what we're seeing with Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, the Ahsoka show. Um, I'm, I'm very happy that this was picked, though. Hell yeah. And that uh, wraps it up, y'all. Um, quite a bit of TV, only a couple of movies. Well, well, actually quite a bit more than I thought. Um, and then a bourbon and cigar combo. <laughs> I love it. I love it, guys. Um, uh, before we get out of here, let's just, if y'all have any quick honorable mentions y'all want to throw out, y'all can't. I'm just going to say, I have Bob's Burgers, the movie, very excited for that. Uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, the Nick that Cage That was the one I was debating between. Movie. Yeah. Um, and then Moon Knight, very, very intrigued just because I don't know what's going to happen in that. I don't know if they know what's going to happen in that. It's, I'm very intrigued. Uh, Michael, any, any honorable mentions? Um, I think if it happens this year, I, I, and I, I, this one, I almost picked every single time, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda forever. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, just an, I think an amazing, again. It, it it did, and then there's there's a whole bunch of stuff going on with the cast and what they're gonna do, and and back and forth with that, and you can read about that, you know, if if, if you want to. Um, I, you know, another guy I trust is Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler's yep. telling a story. I'm gonna show up for that. Um, that uh, raising Dion season two. That's something my kids are super into. It's a little kid, you know, superhero story that's not like bound within the MCU or or, or Disney. It's super fun. Um, it's and it was surprisingly well done. And then, um, winning time, the show about the LA Lakers. Like oh the, like yes, the yeah, of yeah. the Showtime oh. Lakers, which like growing up in California, like the like the legend of that time. Because I, you know, I'm a little bit older than I think in there, but here, you know, graduated or high school in 2002. So like I was there for those the Kobe and Shaq teams. But like the specter of those the previous you know winning generation was. It was something that like just lived over me when I was growing up, and so seeing, I mean the, the well-established debauchery, um, <laughs> combined with like legitimately like some of the best and smartest basketball players, I'll be very interested to see how they characterize Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, yeah. so I'm yeah. I'm I am super hyped to see how that goes. Those are mine. That's a. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I forgot about that. I definitely wanted to talk yeah. about it. it I would have drafted it if you hadn't stuff. taken uh, Spider Spider Verse and uh, Mandalorian from me. Good job, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Appreciate it. You're welcome, uh, Kyle. What's some honorable mentions? 
Yeah, let's see. I'll try and go through them quickly. Uh, the other Star Wars, obviously, Ahsoka. Uh, very excited for that. Um, That's mentioned... not making it. I would have drafted Ahsoka. Oh, okay. It's, it it's, it's, it's 23, yeah. Now uh, I feel better. No one this year is Andor. People aren't going to yell at us for that then. Um, well, they probably still will, honestly. Uh, uh, Good Omens, season two, because they're going you know, off the book, which is really... I worry about, but Neil Gaiman is involved, so that makes me very happy. Um, that makes me feel better about it. Um, Studio Six Six Six, it's the fucking Foo Fighters making a horror movie. That's all you need to know. Like that's that's incredible. Um, Mission Impossible Seven, love those movies. Don't worry, darling, is uh, Olivia Wilde directed horror movie, and then Bullet Train is like uh like the director oh, of John yeah. Wick with like Brad Pitt and like a bunch of other people on it, and it looks really really cool. Take it, Catania, some honorable mentions. Just for um, the length of time it took for it to get made, almost like a Deadpool situation where it could be like that, but I'm nervous about it. I'd go Black Adam and kind of Dwayne Johnson's uh, kind of all of his energy has been behind this for so many years. I'm curious to see how it turns out. Um, another one for Moon Knight. I'm insanely curious because I have no idea what the hell is going on with that show and the trailer did nothing to solve any of that mystery whatsoever <laughs> not, not one <laughs> bit not a question answer not a damn thing <laughs> um and one of my favorite series of books that i got into maybe two or three years ago is pierce brown's red rising series and it's kind of it's up in the air whether it's gonna make it in 2022 or early 2023 so i couldn't discuss it really but mm -hmm. um i'm hearing the title of lightbringer as book six and i'm super hyped for that nice. whenever it comes out they're making another book that's awesome yeah. i've heard about that series i've only heard good things it is insane all right hell yeah well that's a lot of movies and shows that we drafted and did not draft but i think we got some really really big ones i'm very excited to see who wins this draft i think it's gonna be it's going to be pretty close. We got some stack boards. Um, Michael, Chitanya, thank y'all so much for joining us. Uh, we missed some playoff football, but I think it was worth it. Uh, thank y'all. I hope y'all join us again. Y'all have anything to tell the people before y'all get out of here? Keep listening. You guys are doing a great job with these. Thank you. Thank yeah, this, you. Is, this is a great time. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate you. And yes, everyone, just keep on listening. We very much appreciate y'all. Uh, the views are racking on in. This, I think, was one of the best weeks we've ever had as far as views. Just uh, keep listening. We, we were going to keep on making fun episodes. We talked a lot about Jordan Peele this episode. Fancy that as our <laughs> next episode is a Key and Peele skits draft. Yep. Uh, in celebration of the 10-year anniversary. So. I did not know that. I did not. That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. It, it's it's going to turn people? into us and our good buddy Ryan just reenacting the skits on this podcast. Just, wow. You said <laughs> I it, can't even make I, that You said it. Yeah, I, I said it. <laughs> I said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got, yeah, we got Key and Peel coming up. We've got just tons of more effies and stewards of sound. Um, big 100s coming up soon. Uh, we can't talk a lot about it, but. Just if you are in our Facebook groups and you like what Micah has done with some trivia related things, stay tuned. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, we, we love you all. Keep listening. We'll catch you all next week. This is what we do.